Hello. And welcome to episode 50 of my fancy Zamboni podcast. Baffled that that worked. <laughs> Ow. Ow. I forgot to turn my speakers down. <laughs> so, yeah, you've heard it right. It's episode 50 of My Fancy Zamboni podcast. Ta-da! Um, <laughs> and if you expect any highbrow podcast, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> yes, it did take us five attempts to actually get the, uh, the intro sorted. And apparently... Um, and welcome is one word, according to Greth. So, um, you know. Hyphenate, hyphenate. <laughs> As you can hear, uh, for the first time in a while, we actually have a full lineup. Everybody's off the injury reserve. Um, so, Andy, we'll start with you, mate. How are we doing today? Oh, mate, I'm wearing the orange, the orange jersey today. Uh, still a bit sore. Yellow jersey, I mean. Still a yellow jersey, a um, bit ill. Not too bad. How was you doing? I'm glad that that was <laughs> worried where that was going to go. Um, yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm uh, still in the weekend and I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Great. A two plus wonder. How are we, mate? You wearing any colour jerseys? Yeah, I'm running the red full contact jersey. Ready for training. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm good. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on right now, but I'm good. <laughs> My God, Dave, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, evening everybody. Um, evening Joe, Gref, Andy, evening. whichever colour he's wearing. Um, and to everyone <laughs> well, listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> how are you, Joe? I'm good. I'm good. Oh, I'm, uh, <laughs> I think we started as we mean to go on as we as we started today. But yeah, I'm good. Oh, good stuff, oh, mate. So we we hope everybody uh, everybody listening is good and nobody's ill like Andy apparently. Um, but yeah, episode fifty. Who um just doesn't seem like two minutes since me and Dave were stood outside G Casino. Um, coming up with. With the, a half-joking suggestion of starting to do a podcast. Did you catch the fly, Dave? I did catch the fly, yes. Yes, you didn't actually. He's just saying that. <laughs> I can I can still see it whizzing round. No, that's Ready the... Spot, um, that's it, yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, it you know, doesn't seem like two minutes since uh, since me and you were stood outside G Casino, mate, talking about how we should put our, our hockey talk when we're supposed to be leaving wherever we are into an actual podcast. I know. Um... Before we carry on, other casinos are available to be used. Um, but There's yeah, it, any of them to place bets on anything that we say. Yeah, um, it does seem it doesn't seem like two minutes. Yeah, and fifty, or as we're recording the fiftieth podcast later. Yeah, we've uh, yeah we've done it, haven't we? We've, we've got the by hook or by crook, and more by crook if we're honest. Yeah. Well, I mean, we did bring Andy. In. Nah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. And then, obviously, episode one, and Greth falls asleep. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> so, really, if anything, uh, Andy was brought in as a guest to replace Greth, but to everybody else, I guess Greth was the guest, was he not? <laughs> not the other way around. <laughs> Andy was, well, Andy yeah. was episode one, Greth was not. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, been an interesting week of hockey. 
Um, I think we've, we've proved, as we'll discuss later on, just how close the league is. Um, Guildford beat uh, the Cardiff Devils. Uh, Cardiff Devils beat the Steelers the day before in what was a, a close-knit game. Uh, the Nottingham Panthers, contrary to any predictions ever, um, came away with a four-point weekend against the Belfast Giants. So some interesting uh, results all in all. And I think was it a shootout result for the uh, for Coventry Guildford game with Guildford winning a shootout? Was that right for the Conti for this? The, God, they said Conti Cup then for the Challenge Cup. <laughs> Two years on the trot. <laughs> right. Too. Yeah. So um, yeah, some interesting hockey gents. But what what highlights do we have today? Uh, my highlight was the, the entire Cardiff-Sheffield game on, on Saturday. It were an absolute classic in respect of it had everything. Hits, the scrums after every break, some good goals. Um, we went back to the 90s with the defender getting a hat-trick with Gleason Fournier. Um, Duber and Bounds pulled off some decent saves. And it, it was on the edge of your seat stuff. There were no decided result until the very end. You had some judo throws um, from either side. Um, you really did have all things to all people in the game, and it was just a great game to watch. You know, even if it was from a Sheffield fan's perspective, a loss, but it was an entertaining loss. It was just good hockey. Um, so yeah, my highlight. So if you're going down the nineties route, that was more of a rock bottom by Mark Louis. But for my highlight, I like where you're going with that, mate. Sorry, I mean WWF as it was called back then. It was yes. But yeah, my highlight, going back onto the actual hockey, <laughs> instead of our childhood TV shows that we watched, it was the Brendan Connolly goal against against ourselves, Man- Manchester. It was a 5-1-4. Thank you, Joe. You just got against yourselves. <laughs> I have indeed. Wow. Homer Griff. Brendan. I mean, you can tell it's a, a special podcast. Everything's just going to pot, you know. Oh. Calamity, oh. different intros, Gref going against Manchester. And we went jerseys. And we haven't even got to the second part of the agenda yet. Oh, God. Oh, don't worry. I'll tell you this for free. Thanks, because it's not a paid get, podcast. <laughs> just getting you there for getting me back for the 8 2 stuff. But, you know. <laughs> the goal, short handed. It was pretty decent. I mean, I said before, I was speaking to people that I did the thank you bench where I went, Steelers are going to get a shot on the goal. Like, we're forever get, giving away shot is for some reason this season. And then obviously, two seconds later, Brendan Connolly goes down the wing, takes a shot on Ginn, Ginn makes a save, and he gets the rebound and slots it home. Pretty decent from what I could see. The question has to be asked, were you just doing a Dave, like just saying overtime every Sunday just until it actually eventually happens? Like, was it just every time you guys were on a short, on, on a pen, on a power play, you're like, we're going to get a short and a goal here? Or, or was it just uh, a one-off? Oh, they're going to get one. No, I keep, I say it pretty much every week when I'm on our bench. At least <laughs> it happens almost every week. Fair play. So, Gref's predictions in the timekeeper's box better than our predictions on the podcast. Um, Andy, what was your goal, mate? Mine was 
the Charles Corcoran um, end-to-end goal. Saw a play with short-handed against uh, the Glasgow. Just a beautiful, beautiful goal. Uh, it, so much harder to do it short-handed. Never mind, you know, when it's even strength on the power play, just do it end-to-end through every every opposition player and just bury it. It was a beautiful goal. Yeah, awesome finish. You gotta love it when a guy takes the pull all the way around the uh, all the way around the ice and then just slots it home. Because it's really dissatisfying to see him do it, pull three decent moves and then miss the net or something like that. So it's one of those ones that you look at it and go, oh, "Thank God he scored." <laughs> um, mine's not dissimilar. To be fair, mine's Jared Allen. Um, I feel a bit weird that Greff's chosen a Steelers goal and I've chosen the Storm goal. <laughs> Um, I particularly feel weird that Greff's not chosen the Storm goal when it was goal of the week, but uh, or play of the week, should I say. Um, but yeah, another fantastic coast-to-coast goal. Nice little like toe drag of sorts through between two closing-in defenders and then just slots it over the uh, the shoulder of Leclerc to get a nice uh, a nice goal against the Stars. So, great I'm surprised he didn't go for Panthers four-point weekend. Panther Joe. Right. Do you know what? I nearly went for Brett Bulmer's block, to be fair, because... All things considered, it was actually quite a good block. But... Brett Bulmer's block. Yeah. We know my... Right, hold on. You know my affinity towards alliteration. So being able to just say Brett Bulmer's block would have been like the dream. Did Joe try to say that five times fast? Brett Bulmer's block. <laughs> See? Hi, try to catch me out. Again. No. Oh. No, not Mike Aruzioni. I'm not, <laughs> not coming out with Team USA. <laughs> um, we'll move on from highlights before Dave tries to get me to say it again. Um, we go to the airport, uh, and we've had a few more this week. Uh, I believe two comings, one going, and one staying, <laughs> uh, so to speak. Gref, I'll throw it over for the Manchester ones, because I can't make heads or tails of it. Okay, well, I'll start with the the going. We have released Mario Puskevich from his stats before he came to Storm. Didn't look like the best. But then, in 13 league games, he's got seven points, four goals, three assists. In the, I'll say it right, Challenge Cup. He's He's actually got two goals in that one. And two assists. But yeah, it, it was, I was kind of, I was kind of surprised that we actually let him go. But the only thing I could probably think of is he was on a a month to month rolling contract. That could have been it because he brought he was brought in at like around early September time. So that's the only thing I could probably think of why is. To release him. Sorry, that was my. Um, yeah, really strange one in terms of the release. Because um, he, he seemed to be, seemed to fit in well with with whatever the Manchester Storm were trying to do offensively. I believe in, in the called make playoffs. <laughs> you know, I actually was trying to do a genuine nice point. Um, I know it's difficult with them but you know we, we could try it's nearly christmas um but you know in terms of that, that sort of the offensive movement the, he was fitting in well um he weren't the headline point scorer but he was getting the points he was contributing so a bit of a strange one for him to go 
Um, I suppose you had to get rid of someone. Would there's other people you probably would have got rid of? Probably. I mean, I know there's one person I would have got rid of if I was a Storm fan, but you don't get rid of your captain. So, um, and also never mind the fact there's a different position. And but, allegedly. Um, <laughs> allegedly. So yeah, it's a strange one in terms of looking on paper. Why would you get rid of that person? Probably makes a bit of sense with what was brought in. I wouldn't be surprised though if he, he ends up in another team in the UK. Yeah, uh, very surprising to be honest. We have, I think he's doing very well since he came in from mid-September. By 13 goals, got seven points so far. So, yeah, it's probably quite a few uh, people in front of him that I would go for to get get rid of instead. That maybe it was his, his it was his uh, plus minus section as he has a minus seven. Maybe it was that that was a factor. Um, just not sure, but you know, it's just one of those things where if, you know, if there's always going to be one player like that's going to be pushed out, and unfortunately, it was him. And it's just the way just the way it goes, isn't it? The way the cookie crumbles. Yeah, I can make heads or tails of this. So, as I said, you know, a decent signing brought in, and we'll go on to that in a minute. And I, I you know, a, a good step forward for the Storm. But as far as I could see, I think Puskaric was their sixth top point scorer or something like that in in the league. And I just think I just can't see the logic. I, yeah, I get I get if he was on a rolling contract, if he wasn't on a full you know, full years contract, but. Just bizarre. I mean, as we always say, Andy, I mean, I think you've, you've hit the only negative point, really. Well, quite literally, but you've hit the only real negative to his stats is the minus seven. But, I mean, you look at Storm's positioning and how many how many goals that Storm have let in. Like, to be fair, I, I, I couldn't comment. I haven't looked, but I don't know how that matches up to the rest of the Storm team in terms of plus minus. But oh, just a really, really bizarre one. Um I mean, I'm just look, I'm just getting it up now just to see the uh, the league stats for the storm in terms of plus minus. I mean, Jared Owlin's on minus 14. Um, to be fair, minus seven looks about average. Cody Thompson's on minus six. Critchlow's on minus seven. Simmons is on minus eight. So, you know, it, there's only well, not many at all. One, there's one, there's one guy that's on a plus minus that's actually a positive, and there's two guys on zero. Uh, and to be fair, one of the guys on zero has played one game. So, realistically, not that bad, you know, in, in, in comparison to the rest of the team. So I just, I just don't get it. I don't know whether he wasn't the right, if he wasn't the right kind of fit in the locker room, whether it was just a case that he was the easy guy to get rid of to make the room. I don't know, but it just, it just strikes me as I really can't understand why you people have got rid of him. But um, hey ho, you know, it is what it is. Um, then you've had somebody coming, Griff. Yeah, indeed. And just in case, episode 51, Joe has been sacked. <laughs> Panther Joe is sacked. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we have brought in uh, Henrik Samuelsson. Uh, Joe will know his dad very well, considering he won two Stanley Cups. With his beloved Pittsburgh Penguins. I like the way you said, I'll know him very well as if he's my best mate. <laughs> like, yeah, I called him last week. Speed out, yeah? <laughs> yeah, mate, always. 
down the road. I wonder where you were going with that now. So what's your about? Brilliant. Um, yeah, it's uh, fair to say that he's answered Manchester's SOS. Um, but uh, good stats, decent league play, and yeah, it, it, I think he's, he's he's very much upgraded uh, the Storm and what they'll bring to the table. Um, I think it's 200 plus games in the AHL. Um, yeah, I think he's going to do a good grand job for the Storm. Can I just say before Andy Andy comes in, I think we've lost Greth temporarily. <laughs> um, I don't know about you guys, but he's frozen on my screen. Um, and I have to take joy in this because I think everybody else on the podcast has at some point had network or tech issues. And this is actually the first time it's been Greth. <laughs> um, so ironically, it's discussing one of their new signings. But sorry, Andy, I'll, I'll throw it back to you. It was more a... Um, it was more a warning. Oh, in fact, he's just dropped. He's gone. <laughs> We've lost him. So just as a heads up before we throw back to Andy, Gref may at some point come in and just start talking. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, Andy, sorry, go on. I, I interrupted you there. I just thought I'd put that in before you start. Fine. Um, looks a very good signing. Uh, still very young as well. He's only 25 years old. Uh, first round draft pick. 27th overall by Phoenix Coyotes. Um, yeah, he's got a good wealth of uh, experience in the AHL. He's played three games for Arizona. It's uh, a right-up about him as well. Uh, from oh, Samuelson, one of uh, no, sorry, from uh, one of the um, guys at Elite Prospects who does all, all the write-ups and things. It hasn't got his name on it like others have, but it says on the he's a big and strong player. Samuelson plays an impressive physical type of hockey. Not a passive passive skaters, but still players with a lot of intensity and de- determination. Strong along the boards in the corners. Has also quite good puck skills and good release. Overall offensive skills are pretty good. Grinding skills impressive. That's that's pretty good route guys from Elite Prospect. Yeah, he certainly looks to be a good fit in what the um in what the storm are gonna look to try and build. Um yeah, I mean, to be fair, that write-up that you've just said about, I think, pretty much summarises the kind of player that, that the Storm want. Not necessarily the fastest, the player, but a strong player, plays with the intensity, put in the corners. You know, they like that kind of, that that, that rough, um, yeah, that those rough, strong type of players. Um, Greff's now asking if he can do a, <laughs> if he can do a rant when he comes back on. Um yeah, I mean, he looked to be a good fit. Um, as you say, draft pick for, for Phoenix Coyotes. Uh, last year, 40 games for Rockford Icehogs in the AHL and 23 in the ECHL for Idaho. And to be fair, 7 points in 40 in the AHL, 10 points in 23 in the ECHL. I, I think he's going to he's gonna play a good part. I think he'll be a step up from Puskunic. I just can't see the logic in getting rid of Puskunic instead of getting rid of somebody else. But I certainly think this is a this is a step up. I don't know what you guys it's think. A, it's an upgrade on Puskovic, but there's other people you'd have got rid of before. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think I think we're all kind of that agreement in that one. Yeah, I'd love to hear Gref's take on uh, <laughs> signing for his new for his, for his team, but, uh, but apparently not. Um, does anybody else have anything to add on on Hendrik Samuelson? Just keep in mind the fact that we might be coming back to him. <laughs> um, so the next. Dave, I'll throw it over to you. Cardiff have made a signing. Yeah, they've lost a couple of games. 
what happens? They go and go into the market and they have signed defender. Um, Shine. I don't know how fast how you pronounce his name. I apologize if it's not. Uh, Shine Morrison. Um, who they he's just got experience in big leagues. Just he's got the CV to die for. Drafted. Um, Round one, 19th overall in the 2001 draft by the Boston Bruins. Um, and he comes with the following stats. He has 480 NHL games, 227 AHL games, uh, 220 KHL games. He's had a season in the Liga. Um, he also, and I, I will have to look around and find out for certain, but I think he's one of the only people, input-wise, to play in the UK with a Spengler Cup winner's medal. Which when I look at this, I'm like, that is impressive because you never see any imports end up in the UK. So, but it's you, it, you know, we've talked about the leagues he's played in. Uh, you look at his stats: 480 as a defender, 400 games in the NHL with a plus-minus 34, and pin penalty minutes around the same number of games. AHL 200 plus games minus four, KHL plus 14, uh, Liga minus three. So he's going to steady that ship. That I'm going to be honest, I didn't think needed that much work doing. Because you look, as you mentioned, Joe, we'll go on to the section in a bit where everyone's taking points of each other. No one's steaming ahead with the league. You know, so long as you're in the mix, that's the main thing. Because if you're not, then you, you will. Be, and I don't, I don't think Cardiff was out of it. Um, but it improves an already strong roster. They've had a couple of injuries for the season already. Don't get me wrong. But that's improved that roster already. So it's it's uh, they've certainly um, they looked at Manchester's NHL sign and they've just gone hold my beer and we'll raise the bar um, as only Cardiff really can do. Yeah, very good player, uh, great stats as well. And it's just, it's, it's a great pickup when you know that you signed a first round 19 overall draft pick. Very very good signing. There's another right up here. Uh, Morrison is a big yet very mobile stay-at-home defenseman. Lacks natural offensive flair, but can still score a few points. While lacking flair, he is reliable in his own end and is a consistent all-around all performer. Doesn't shy away from physical play, and that's what the card devils need. They just need a, a bit more physical. Depends on the back end. You've got Reese and Fournier who rack up the points. You've also got Mark Lewis there as well, just as physical. So. Same in business again this year, and you know they've took these losses really seriously, and they'll make sure that they're still in that top three contention, even even to win the league again. So, um, yeah, they're wanting to take that crown back from Belfast, and, and you can see that you know good cash experience NHL as well. Washington, very good player. Yeah, I'm struggling to think of a mid-season signing that as effectively basically says we aren't going to back down from this league title fight. I mean, it's just a huge signing. I think I can't think of. Well, I know for, for certain, I opened his stats and just sat back in shock that this guy was coming to the elite league. Um, I guess in in a kind of harsh way, if you're a fan of anybody but the Cardiff Devils and you you're wanting them to. Uh, fall short of the league mark, then you're kind of hoping that this guy comes in and, uh, and plays or has the same result as Martin St. Pierre, I guess, in a way. You, you're kind of hoping that he doesn't have the effect that everybody's expecting him to. Uh, I, I strongly 
uh, expect the opposite from a guy of this of this caliber. Um, just just unreal. It's a assistant captain for TPS in in the Liga. Um, you guys have already touched on a wealth of experience in the NHL, AHL, KHL, and the Liga. Um, and you know the thing that shocks me about this, or not shocks me, but the thing that takes me about the most about this is the Cardiff Devils now have Gleason Fournier. And a guy who got plus 34 in 488 uh, NHL games. Just let that sink in. They already had the top D-man by a country mile last year. And I know I'm only talking point scoring, but that goes a long way nowadays whether you're a D-man or a forward. They already had the best D-man by a country mile in Gleason Fournier. And then they bring this guy in as well. So definitely assigning him intent from the Cardiff Devils there. Um, so, I'll, throw, yeah. I'll throw one thing um, kind of sideways on this, this topic don't they say a bit about the new ruling for next year in terms of the amount of because you look at the imports that have been brought in um, and it's kind of we've had good upgrades mid-season uh, you know you had Tronsinski and uh, Tuka and Sheffield uh, Hansen seems to have done a good job in Nottingham and now you've got Morrison um it's just that kind of the the players that you'd actually hope and expect to be at the very beginning. Mm. So it kind of it kind of gives a bit of a nod to that rule being in because you can't. And when I say the following teams, in no disrespect, but you don't see Dundee, you don't see Fife, you don't see Coventry bringing in someone with nearly 500 NHL games in November. No. So yeah. The one thing for me is I think. I think it's a case of this shows the reason and the negatives to the rule that's going to be imposed by the Elite League next year. Because I think part of the reason is Cardiff have, unless they've got undisclosed injuries or injuries at least that I've not realised, and unless they have like they're planning on getting rid of somebody. Cardiff have no reasons for this signing other than just, mm, we're not doing this well. Let's bring in somebody to bolster this team together. It gives them a significant advantage against the lower budget teams in the league. And that, I guess, is kind of the reason that the Elite League is bringing in this cap on 18 imports to be signed across the season. It, it kind of shows that to me that when you're getting a team making a signing for no reason other than just, oh, actually, we've lost a few games, let's bring somebody else in, it then, as much as I hate the phrase, it then starts to look a little bit more like checkbook hockey. And I'm not being funny, but after after the publicity from Cardiff of living by their means earlier on in the season, bringing in a guy like this is is just, it's, it's a joke in it makes it makes that it makes that publication a joke. It makes the fact that they've gone out and said, "Oh, some teams are playing checkbook hockey. We're living by our means." Oh, by the way, we've just signed a 480 game NHL in November. Yeah, okay. But I, I can't help but think that's one of the reasons for this cap on 18 imports. No, I'm, I'm with you in the context of, you know, it makes a mockery of what they said. I mean, a, a, a couple of Cardiff fans are saying, well. You know, you, and you know, you got your signings out of a freebie toys out of a cereal box. But yeah, we know teams are spending money. Yeah. But it's that moral high ground. Don't take the moral high ground, and then you know, you know, make yourself look daft. If I'm, if yeah. I'm bluntly honest. 
uh, later on in the piece. So either way, though, cracking signing. Um, will make Cardiff an already dangerous Cardiff team a bit more dangerous. Does it also, I mean, to me, it also highlights the negatives of, of the new rule as well, though. It also highlights the negative towards the 18 import signings because it, if we had that rule in this year, it's significantly unlikely that they're bringing in a player in November with no injury prompt or or player change prompt. And if we have that rule in next year, then you're not getting a guy like this coming to the Elite League. You're wanting the Elite League to excel in terms of ability and bringing a guy in like this shows how far the Elite League's moved. It does, but the question I would as you've only just mentioned it there and then, is why was he not available at the very beginning? Yeah. You look at the signings they made at the beginning and there were some absolute stellar signings which showed the, the improvement of the Elite League. And you do count St. Pierre in this respect because of his yeah, CV. Um, but that was all at the beginning. All, you know, when... I'm I'm going between the lines of the new ruling when it should be signed at the beginning, apart from injuries. So, yeah, I, I see the point in respect of, you know, if these are available, let's have them. I don't stop teams doing it. They've just got to be very careful. They can't just go, oh, we'll sign them. Yeah, yeah. fine. You've got to be a bit more cautious uh, with the hiring and firing. So, yeah. Fair play. Um, while we're on Cardiff, because I've just realised we didn't actually add this in, but it, uh, this is just something I want to throw to you guys. And actually, a little bit of a, a, a spontaneous reaction, because I didn't, I didn't throw this to you beforehand. But did you watch the... Um, the Cardiff game versus Glasgow on free sports? Uh, no. Either of you. Right, well, I'm, I, to be fair, neither did I, but from what I've been told, Andrew Lord was questioned in either the po- pre-post game, interbreak, whatever it is. He was questioned at some point and asked whether he thought that Glasgow clan, I'm paraphrasing significantly, but whether he thought that the Glasgow clan had, a, had, a, had the chance to win the league this year. And his comment was apparently along the lines of, oh, well, I've got enough on my plate to deal with already without that. And I just think, if that if that's the case, that how that's been phrased, I, I just don't know what I think to that. Because you, so you see so many coaches, you know, pay homage and, and respect to the, the, the level of team that Cardiff have built. You know, it's been said a million times in Sheffield that we've got to hit the benchmark of Cardiff and, and Belfast. Yeah. And have the teams that, that show that respect to their other teams to say, yeah, do you know what? These have got a cracking team and we're not taking, you know, we know that they're a threat. To, to, to go out and be asked that question and to not even actually even acknowledge the ability and the threat that that team poses. I don't know. It just doesn't sit well with me. I don't know. So, my following answer, I will throw in, I have not seen the interview or heard it. I will go and listen to it to confirm what I'm going to think. So, I'm going on the basis of this. If I'm completely wrong in what I'm saying, I will happily come next week at the episode 51 and say I got it wrong. However, on everything that's just been said there, is this a sign of Cardiff not being used to having it their own way? In the respects of the following, they've had three great seasons where they've been there and there and and at the top. By one game, unfortunately, it was the very last game of the season, they slipped. But they've been the top dog for three years. What that does come, it comes with an element of pressure of teams chasing, as you mentioned. Sheffield, Belfast, before last season, Nottingham, 
Guildford, Glasgow have all paid, you know, these are the team that have set the benchmark, they've raised the bar, we've got to go to them. That brings that pressure. They've not had a good set of results in the league. They had a great start at the CHL and they didn't trans- they didn't have they had a, the normal hangover, I feel, that teams do when they've lost games and had an absolute pasting. Um now I, if I'm honest, I'm saying that as a beginning of the season in the August September. You go into the round of the CHL in October, where they played for Lunda, and they did get a pacing. No disrespect to them. They were, play, you know, when you're playing for Lunda, you just tip your cap and just go you well played. Smooth. <laughs> exactly. But has that kind of gone and just not the normal flow that they've had in terms of the expectation that they have themselves of be able to get results? Not expecting, not thinking, you know, turn up and get points, but playing their game, winning games. Go to another place, get, you know, play the game, win, win points. They've not had that. And is this the, it's a, it's a, if it's the case, it's a big test for Andrew Lord. You know, and jokes about people thinking he could go to HL and whatnot. This is actually a test of his ability, and I'm not saying he hasn't got the ability, but this is a, now a test where he's under the microscope a little bit. He's had the resources, use it well. And the signing this week demonstrates using resources well. But the proof's in the pudding, it's a results, results-based industry. If they don't turn it around that much, I'm not, this is far from you know, Sheffield fans calling for the coach said if they don't win 30 of 24 games. Um, it's, 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 it is a proof of the pudding moment, potentially, for Andrew Lord. He probably will pass the test. He'll probably get the Devils back on track and get winning games. But they've now had a bit of a, a bit a bit of pressure, and maybe that response stems from that. Obviously, um, not much I can really add to that, to be honest with you. But um, sorry, I apologize. I covered a bit of ground there. <laughs> Just a bit, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, if if it is along those lines of, of of what you were saying, Joe, then I do sense a slight bit of saltiness. Yeah, just like Dave said, you know, then they're currently not not a top dogs anymore, you know. So they'll be wanting to get back to where they were like two about two years ago when they were in, were in the lead, we were making the playoffs, winning the playoffs. So I think it does sense. A bit of uh, you know danger to his plans of of becoming the the, the top team in, in the league again. So I think they could have definitely handled that better. I think any other coach would have said you know um, Glasgow did a great job. Obviously, if it's he's got you know a, a fantastic team together and and they're really pushing for it, I think that's what any any other coach would have said. That obviously, Lord, get another way, which I, I think is a bit. Not the best of ways, but maybe that's just you know maybe that's just him focusing on oh, what he wants to do, and that's getting them back to where to where he wants them to be. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I, yeah, I certainly thought when I heard about it, I certainly thought like it was a sign that they might be sweating under the collar a little bit, and uh, not not necessarily sitting too well that they're, they're losing a few games. So, um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's nice to see a different team at the top of the league. I, th- I think. To be fair, as much as you'd like to see your own team, it's great to see Glasgow up there 
and Glasgow up there with a new coach as well. Well, the big question mark that we had over that team was how fit he was going to be coaching. And to be fair, so far, he's, 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 he's done a good test, to be fair. But um, Everyone wrong so far. Absolutely. Now, what I will say is when we were on our coastal tour of the UK on uh, on Honeymoon, uh, we bumped into some... Uh, Bumped into some Glasgow fans at the Vegas, the first one, Colorado game. And the Glasgow fans I spoke to said, so, I, well, I, to be fair, we weren't in Steelers jerseys. So we just walked past and I kind of noticed them in the clan jerseys and said, oh, so a, a clan going to be winning the Elite League this year then. And neither of them believed it. Neither of the, both of them were fully like there was no it wasn't a case of just trying to be modest or anything like that both of them fully you could tell by the way they were talking believed that their team was going to choke and that they were going to peak and then they were going to drop and to be fair right now I don't see that happening with the club but anyway we'll come back to the tightness and, and to the league standards <laughs> anyway we're kind of skipping just merging sections beforehand we are um, before we go on to the next one um I'll throw uh, an update in on Greth's position because I feel like this is funny and it deserves a position on the podcast. So, according to Greth, he's having internet issues, um, which is no surprise. It is a surprise that it's Greth because usually he's okay. Uh, from what he says, you can see it's apparently happening across the northwest. So, whether we're going to be able to get him back or not, we don't know. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to get him back before the end of the episode. However, he has just commented. Um, when using the BT app, it asks you to go onto a website of theirs for updates and troubleshooting tips for having no network. Are they having a joke? And I just think that's quality. Does that that just sums up like capability at times, doesn't it? Having having internet troubles, feel free to, to, to visit this website. If it's not Andy, it's Greff. I know. Do you think do you think if they have phone line issues, they suggest you ring their helpline? Um <laughs> Um, But yeah, we'll move on to the next one. Andy, I'll throw it over to you. There's been a contract extension in Sheffield. A lot of happy Steelers fans. Do you want to tell us about that one? It has indeed, and I'm just as happy as anyone else. Uh, They've confirmed that Marek Tronczynski has signed for the remainder of his season. Uh, For a guy that came in mid-September, you know, after injuries to Lewing and Johnson, he's done a fantastic job. I'm, I'm sorry to quote uh, a certain former prime minister, but he's made that decor strong and stable since he's came in. Did a fantastic job. Uh, it's a very good player. One asset I think we've been missing for quite a while. He, he really has to steady the ship back there, and uh, we've been better defensively in the long run. Uh, one great thing to see was his first goal against Cardiff on Saturday. Nice finish as well. You beautiful goal, and uh, my thinking is that if he made if he made his mind up uh, before Saturday that he wanted to stay with his club and then get his first goal, I I think we yet yet to see the best of him. I think he's going to score a lot more goals this season and and do a lot more great things. I think now that he's settled, he's, he's made his mind up. This is the place where he wants to be. We haven't seen the best of him yet. I, I'm sure of that. So a, a very good addition to the side, but also gives competition now because you've got Lewing uh, coming back soon from injury. You've got Johnson, who's pretty much ready to go. And you've got Mig, uh, Cooker as well. So there's a lot of competition in that in that group now, uh, which is great. 
because I think it's, it's going to bring out the best in all those players. It's going to make them work harder and show that you know this is where they want to be. They want to be in this in the in the lineup. So this is this is really good. I'm still getting over the strong and stable line. <laughs> you know, I'm just expecting to, I'm expecting Theresa May to, to leap through fields of wheat and uh, saying that. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm as, as happy as the next fan. I, I'm, I'm loving uh, Transinski's work. Him and Tucker have really, as we've mentioned before, they've changed the dynamic of um, the Steelers' defensive unit. Um, I'll say one thing. I don't know what... What you've heard, Andy, in respect of Lewing's return, I, I'm here. I'm hearing a couple of rumours that the injury could be worse than, or the recovery could be worse than they expected. So maybe um, the competition. I agree, Johnson will come back and that will give that competition, but it may not be as much if what you know the different rumours are correct. You know, and I hope not because Lewing, I was I was quietly impressed with. Uh, but no, Transiski, I'm more than happy. I'd like them to keep hold of uh, Cuckoo. Um, yeah, because um, that would really, you know, that that's the defensive core of the, that what we've had. Because um, you know, you look at our last few games, our defensive tightness is there. It's just it's just the goals that Sheffield have been missing. So great, great person to sign for the rest of the season. More than happy. Um, you know, just a just, just a good good new signing day for the Steelers. Yeah, certainly a great um, contract extension. To be fair, we 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 all said um, within a couple of games of Kuka being signed that we hoped that Kuka and Tronchinski both get extensions. Um, I still hope that's the case, but Tronchinski to me was the priority over the two. Big guy used his body quite a lot. I mean, to be fair, as you say, his first goal, but he's put up the points, though. He's got eight, eight assists that he's got now. Yeah. Um, and also landed a beauty of a hit on Riley on Saturday. Mid-ice. It was a thing of, of yesterday. It was brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah, certainly certainly looks to be a, a good play. Was it was it, was it, it was Tron that made it to the plays of the week as one of the first blocks on the plays of the week, as well, wasn't it? He made that fantastic block. Yes. Is that right in that? Yeah, so, you know, a, a good all-round player. Seems to be fine in the back of the net, obviously, but a good, strong D-man as well. Um, just as far as Kuka's concerned, I mean, I read something in the start the other day that Aaron Johnson should be coming back very shortly um, from injury. And it sounds, from what I read, like Kuka wants to be staying in orange as well. Um, from what I read, he, he relishes the competition. He's hoping that he can fight to, to retain his spot on the squad. Um, and again, I, I, I certainly think he's a good addition. He's a good player to have on that squad. Uh, nine games played for Steelers so far. He's got zero points, no goals, no assists, but a plus minus of plus three. And to be fair, I think he's probably the, the player that the Steelers have been missing since Steve Munt. The Steelers have not had, and to be fair, you don't actually see that many across the league now. These, the, you know, the the role of stay-at-home blue liner is is becoming very very rare. Not redundant. It's still a very useful role, but it's, it's not fashionable. Very rare. Exactly, because you want in your points to come and your goals to come from everywhere. The blue line, the forwards. You want in everybody to be putting the points in the back on on the board. But actually, having that guy at the back that stops that, he's a very very good asset. And to be fair, Kuka has definitely been that. Um, 
in the interview that I read in the Star, they asked him why he went into the, to be a defender, and um, he said people go to play forward because they want to score the goals and, and make their team um, win the game. He likes to play against the other team's top players, shut them down, and be the guy that stops them from winning the game. And I just thought that's quite a good good way of looking at it. And most guys like the goals. He just likes to be the guy that shuts down the best players and uh, and quietly do, quietly gets the wins. So um, definitely the kind of guy that Steelers wants. I hope that he stays. Um, but very much depends to me on on what happens with Lewing and. Maybe, well, it's it's a it's a great problem to have for Aaron Fox. Well, so if, yeah. If I'm Aaron Fox, I I work my way around of keeping uh, Tuku. If that means moving Merlin up front and maybe releasing one of the forwards, then that's maybe something for him to consider. Obviously, it's his you know it's it's what he's paid to do. But if I'm him, I do whatever it takes to keep Tuku. Regardless, you keep him. No, now look, we get we learn now that we let him go, and then we get another injury in the defence. Tronchinski would take a puck to the face or something and end up out for six weeks. So, yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, to be fair, I'm, I'm very, very happy that Tronchinski's staying. I mean, I, I think I feel like we're swerving off topic of actually what is quite good news by uh, by talking about wanting to keep the other guy. But no, Cook is definitely another priority to keep. But Tronchinski, out of the two of them, was was top of my list. He was the guy that I wanted us to to, to sign. Um, does anybody else have anything to add on that or are we good to good to move on so we move out of the airport then if we're all good with that um, we move to I don't know whether it was Saturday or Sunday night um, in Nottingham Belfast versus the Panthers so Giants Panthers um, and yeah we, we have something that we haven't seen for a long time which is a good heavyweight tilt and um Guy Lapine drops the gloves with Matt Pellick. Interesting to see Lapine drop the gloves because it seems to have been a while since he's dropped with anybody of, uh, of any actual fighting ability. So, yeah, to, to drop with Pellick is, uh, is no easy feat. I've seen the video. I can't say I've watched it that intently to be able to say who won. I, I'd say I would say about a draw, if not a tilt towards Lapine on the fight, maybe. But the, uh, the, the main contentious issue that came out of it was there were a lot of people complaining because at the start of the fight, Lapine and Pellet took the helmets off and were both issued five minutes of fighting and an additional two plus ten for illegal equipment for removing the helmets before the fight. Before I throw this out to you guys, I just want to say this because it's really winding me up. I get the frustrations in the penalty, a little bit like when we say about the, like the instigator penalty. I get the frustrations in the penalty. But there's so many people that I've seen calling out the referees and having a go at the referees when actually what they did was call the penalty to the letter. The penalty was called correctly. So actually, there's not really anything to complain about other than complaining about the rule itself. There's always plenty of things to complain about, Joe. You know, we're, we're hockey fans. Uh, that's our that's our remit. Um, I don't know if you kind of cast you back when the rules first brought in. Do you remember the preseason game where it was the Islanders and I think it was the Devils, and there was a fight um, between two guys, and so they didn't get the penalty. Uh, the Islanders guy took the Devils player's helmet off, and the vice versa. Then skated a bit to get momentum, and then fought. Um, and it is purely the letter was the law was was done well by the referees. Um, it, again, it's a rule that I don't like. 
I understand it's more the safety element again. It's it's that move towards more player safety. Um, but it, it's kind of that old school when you see the heavyweights of 10 years ago, size each other up, always set a circle, launch the helmets to one corner of the ring and you know, go you know, hell for leather. Um, I've seen the fight a couple of times. Decent tilt. You you made it to Lapine. Decent tilt nonetheless. And I think, I think sometimes we as fans collectively, we kind of look for the, the negative something to complain about. Whereas on this occasion, you know, for some people complain about it, we've been very anal about it. Let's just enjoy the fact we had a, two tough guys, you know, go toe to toe. Let's just enjoy that instead of, oh, they're all wrong. No, just enjoy what you've just seen. Live the moment of what you've just seen and witnessed. I, th- I think the joke of, you know, uh, the rule of, you know, removing your helmet gets you an extra penalty. I, I think that's, that's a joke. Absolute joke. You know, we're just taking the the fun of, of of what hockey is about and what it's been for years and how it's always been. It's just becoming too PC. You know, everyone's become offended about everything now, and it's when it interferes with hockey, it's it's ridiculous. You know, I, it's one of those things that I miss about you know being in in the nineties. When fights having left, right, and centre, you know, really good tilts, heavyweight guys, and that's what sport was about. But now he's he's, he's becoming too. I I I can't even say the, the right word to be honest with you, because it's it's just a joke, you know. Hockey is how it's always been. Don't change it just just because uh, I don't know uh, Betty from Dayton is. He's really offended by all those two people fighting. Did she get caught up in the flood? Oh, I must have. I, I don't think it's... I wouldn't say it's PC is the reason why. I, I think it's very much going all the way over to the player safety. And it's that, and it's something I've, I've, we, me and Joe have spoken many times off off podcast on podcast it's avoiding that court case that potential if you do everything you can to prevent that to prevent you being the, the cause of a head injury and, and future litigation I, I think hockey's gone um over and above to do that they've seen what's happened in the nfl and they want to avoid that at the cost of what mine and Gress generation of fans and, and yours and joe's generation of fans who were brought upon um a tough that guy, um, <laughs> someone who you know you, you guaranteed a fight every game. I mean, let's say when me and Greff were watching it in the nineties, one person like the old NHL was signed to fight. They did nothing else; they were there to fight, and you were brought upon that. Um, now the modern fan will just be brought upon the speed and the skill. As good, different type of entertainment. Um, and I, I just think it's more. I don't think it's PC per se. I think it's more they, they're going over and above, ensuring that they've done everything they can to prevent any blame should the worst case scenario happen and, and the sport gets blamed for any um, head traumas uh, that you see now with uh, Carcillo uh, yeah. North America um, and a couple C- others who are CTE is a very um, it is. chronic traumatic encephalopathy um, but that concussion well done, Gref. Uh, Gref, my apologies. Well done, Joe, even. I do apologise on that one. I come um, out with like a technical term like that and I get called the wrong name. 
Well, you know, technical support, what can I I'm say? Smiling. Uh, I can see my teeth. Uh, well, uh, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm off. Um, but no, it's, it's concussion and head injuries is a big thing now. Um, yeah. So very, it's... Very it is, yeah. It's so I, I kind of... I think that's my tech, Andy. I think that's where it's it's all going to. Uh, I agree with you. I, I you know, you, you, you know, Nottingham games yesterday, uh, you know, when I say, say years ago, and you knew there was a bit yesterday. of need. Oh, oh, our troubles are here, though. That's the problem. Um, you knew there was going to be some, you know, rivalry, some needles, some some of that would spark an interest, spark the crowd participation, and you don't tend to have that now. Speed and talent don't have that, if I'm honest. You get an odd moment, but not like, you know, goal the makes a save, four, four either side start pushing and punching in the job lot. You don't have that. Uh, so, you know. I get what you're saying. I, I, I do get what you're saying, but, you know, we've, how many times have we seen uh, the Ice Guardians, Ice Guardians documentary? Uh, you're far more likely to get a concussion and head injuries from from the hits. I watched uh, I watched 90% of that film because I was asleep for 10% yeah. of that film um, before Joe mentions it. Uh, but no, you're right. Ice Guardians Ice yeah, Guardians no. does mention that. Um, I I agree with it. The problem is that doesn't pay the bills. I don't bring in the pound shilling and pence, and inevitably it's all about the money. And what you can do to not have to fork out money. That's well, my take. That's my yeah. take on it all, anyway. But when you look at the incident with Gagnon and, and Davies before, you know the uh, helmet thrown in and, and the glove and the blood incident, it's far more likely to happen to a guy, you know, who is with the puncher, but the other guy doesn't want to take part in it. But still, a puncher coming in without him knowing about it, wanting to take part. No, that wasn't his choice. You know, you know, so that that's why injuries are gonna are gonna occur when you're not we're not wanting to do it, when you're not suspecting it, and and yet everyone, the referees, the players, are taking far too long to intervene, to you know to realise until what's happening here, you know, and until it's too late, you've got a head injury from being absolutely battered by a really really tough big guy. And, and then again, I agree in what you're saying, mate. Um, but throw an example of that. Uh, a couple of years ago, Gagnon and Fitzgerald fight at the arena, where um, Fitzgerald managed to get up after one huge punch and uh, drop Gagnon, and Gagnon's face was an absolute mess yeah, yeah, from yeah. the one punch, but carried on fighting. Um, so, in that respect, it's difficult sometimes as a referee. I'm sorry, I'm not saying it as a referee. I'm just saying from the from the perspective of the referee to when to jump in to prevent the injury. Because when they jump in when they think that's the right time, anybody else looks at the scenario, yeah, that right time, could have been four or five punches too late. But what is going on the ice, on his knees? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that, them ones, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's also their own, definitely sounds it's also their own safety, as much as they've got to focus, you know, concentrate and focus on the player's safety. Yeah, it's finding that balance. I, I don't, I, I, I understand why the league... I try and reimpose this this penalty. Um, I kind of I agree with you both. To be fair, hockey's certainly in the, in irrespective of hockey's becoming too PC and hockey's trying to wrap the players in bubble wrap. And to me, this the the penalty is very much in place. I, I agree with you, Dave, in that it's very much in place for the legal perspective. Um, 
it's just it, it's just one of those things, isn't it? And I, and I think that I agree with you, Andy, about about Ice Guardians and the fact that a big hit could is more likely to cause concussion. You've got to bear in mind what concussion is: is the brain rattling against the skull. And realistically, a, a big hit that's caused by the team's heavyweight throwing a hit on the the, the you know the opposition's smallest guy because he knows he's not going to get his head caved in for it. You know that's more likely to cause the concussion. The issue then is if you take fight if you take hitting out of hockey, ultimately you're going to end up taking fighting out of hockey, and then you're not going to have hockey, <laughs> and they, you know they're not going to get the sales. The powers that be have also still trying to think about what's going to get bums on seats. And the issue is if you take fighting out of hockey, you're going to lose a lot more fans than you're going to lose if you take. Sorry, you're going to lose a lot less fans than you're going to lose if you take the hitting out of hockey as a whole. The issue from the legal side uh, and, and the reason for the penalty, for my mind, is and without wanting to bore for a million times, but as, and, and Dave will up in the same position having done a law degree. Right. So this, this, the legal principle is called valente non fit injuria. It basically means con- injury doesn't happen to those who consent is, is essentially the theory. So the way that contact sports for years have got through is in the principle that the players are stepping on the ice knowing the inherent risks of playing a contact sport. So if they then get injured, they've consented to that because they knew the risks. There are now more and more people, be it in hockey, be it in, as Dave says, the NFL, there are more people that are now trying to take legal action for injuries coming out of certain incidents in sport. And the league needs to be forethinking about what, how to stop that from happening. Now, to my mind, introducing a penalty to say, if you take off your helmet, you get an extra penalty. That isn't necessarily a bad idea to me because it's then giving an extra element of that Valenti non-fit injury. So yes, you're stepping onto an ice rink, you're playing hockey, you know the inherent risks of playing the sport. But then in addition, if you take your helmet off, we're imp- when you're fighting, we're imposing a further penalty. So you're now consenting even further that you know we're saying you should be taking your helmet off. So you take your helmet off, you're fully consenting to the fact that if you end up with a head injury, that's all your fault. But... Two plus ten, to my mind, is too much. Yeah, yeah it is. So a, a two-minute penalty, which is what it used to be, when they first introduced this penalty for taking off your helmet, I'm sure it initially two was a two-minute two penalty. Two, or a two, yeah, or a two plus two. The fact is now, for you to get two heavyweights going at each other, you've got to think as well. And, and I get that. I, I'll, I'll explain the other argument afterwards. But, you know, two players, two big guys like Gagnon, Fitzgerald, Pelican, Lapine, whoever it may be, two guys throwing bombs at each other like that could quite easily break their hands on the plastic of the helmet. Yeah. But a hand's going to heal, and there are so there are so many cases in which players have suffered from head injuries long, long, long after playing the game. I think there's one guy that used to play. I don't know who it is. There's one guy that's played in the NHL now where he basically spends the entire day sat in a dark room because. He's got CTE and concussion and he can't physically deal with being sat in a room with lights on. So I get the whole, I get that. And then you look at the likes of, I mean, there's even, there's even precedent for it in the elite league um, with Tyson Marsh. You You look at Tyson Marsh, made the bad hit, got the ban. Next game against, was it Nottingham? Yeah. Oh, who was some, it was Cam Janssen that he fought. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, it was, yeah. So next game, and fair play fully to Marsh, and Marsh had, had his handful of fights, but 
you know, Janssen was a well-known, decent fighter. So fair play to Marsh. Next game back when he was playing, he answered the bell, got his head caved in and ended up retiring at the end of the season because of that. And I think that just kind of highlights that, yes, you're more likely to get the injuries from the big hits if it's a big guy hitting a small guy. But you're still showing the inherent risk there of the potential head injuries from the fighting. But wrapping it round, as I say, I, the, the thing for me is I, I just think 210 is too much. If you, if you want two big guys to end up fighting, they like to fight and fight old school, like so many people would love to see, as you say, a nice old school fighter, but you have to stand back and appreciate the old school nature of this Lapine and Pelic fight. But both those guys ended up sat out for pretty much a period, <laughs> which is nuts. <laughs> it's crazy because you think five five minutes plus the two plus ten that's seventeen straight away, and then they've got to wait for the next break in play before they can get out. That if the play carries on for another couple of minutes, they've sat out for nineteen minutes for a fight. I think well, a point you mentioned um, earlier in your, in your piece, Joe, in respect to what the league um, needs to understand in terms of you know the balance of bums on seats thing. The problem that we have in the UK, and when I say problem, it's more. Gareth, what we are, and we have uh, Gareth uh, is back on the uh, the podcast. Just to bring oh, you up to speed, Gareth, we're on fighting, fighting and helmets. Thank you, thank you very much. No worries, Dave. Continue, mate. <laughs> I will do. Um, is that the UK is has been historically more of a North American style hockey play? Now you get you have more chances to see European leagues and the skill element, and I think the league wants to see that, you know. It's as entertaining in a different way, but the UK is, I don't think, at that point where we can go down the line of we can sell the game on speed, skill. Um, we still, I feel, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Let me just put the cards on the table. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. We still need to have the element of, you know what, if there's anything done wrong, we're going to police it ourselves. Um, I'll I'd I'd like them to go, but even I to me I'd say just a two minute additional, two minute illegal equipment. But you have then the consent of if you're going to do that, we're pen, we penalising you. You've consented to it. But yeah. I'll tell you something now, twofold. Fighters would rather do that. If I'm honest, guesswork here. I think they'd rather hit. They don't they want to break the hand on a, on a plastic helmet. But I'll tell you something now, boy. If you've got a, a good old fashioned heavyweight battle centre ice every person in that building will be watching 9.9 out of 10 of them will be watching enjoyment there'll be someone watching the discuss but they'll be watching there always is the one the, the one last thing that I'll mention before we throw it over to Gref I'm going to be interested to see what Gref says because he's actually not listened to anything that we've said so <laughs> it'll be interesting to throw it back over to him You've got times like this. You've got to look at it with some perspective, because yes, 17 minutes is a lot of time to sit out for a, for a fight. And and it to me, it's almost like you've got to look at the referee situation with perspective as well. There's a lot of things in, in our league that you have to take a step back and look at the bigger picture. In a lot of double IHF hockey, and actually the elite league casebook in relation to fight is specifically edited in terms of the penalties. Because in the IIHF rule book, a fight is an automatic match penalty. Or game misconduct. It's, 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 a, it's a game misconduct. It's an automatic game misconduct. 
We get five minutes. Like, and, and that rule is applied across the, a lot of leagues across the WIHL, a lot of European leagues. CHL is the same, is it not? Game misconduct for a fight? It is. And also, just to add on to that, your five plus game can be given if you're fighting with your gloves on, not just with your gloves yeah. off. So, actually, when you take a step back, an extra two plus ten doesn't, you know, it's not a massive issue when you compare it to the rest of the league. Just like, just like when you compare the referees. The amount of times that we get, that you hear people saying, oh, the referees in our league are rubbish. Rah, rah, rah. Go and watch some European hockey and then come back and tell me that our referees are rubbish because I guarantee you there are a lot worse referees out there in Europe. Um, Can't confirm. The other thing, and I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out as a question and I'll, I'll let Gref go first and let him put his take on the whole thing. Because I think this could work in two ways. Because if our if the teams within our league start moving in the direction that they have, you look at the players that some teams in our league have got now. You've got Bobby Farnham, you've got Matt Pelly, you've got Guy Lapine, you've got Cord Baldwin, you've got Lyndon Springer, you've got Matthew Gagnon. That's just a name six. Six heavyweight guys that can drop the gloves and throw the punches. If your league, if this league then becomes a league where you're starting to employ that heavyweight again, then the more and more you push this penalty up, the more and more actually you're then going to bring in like the the behaviours and the ideals of actually signing a useless enforcer. Yep. Because actually, Matt Pellick's a cracking demon. So do you want him sat in a penalty box for 17 minutes? No, I'll take a guy like Andrew Sharp sat in a penalty box for 17 minutes. Who can't skate and can't shoot and whatever. You want that guy that doesn't add anything to the team. If you're going to have a guy sat in the box for 20 minutes, you might as well have a guy that can't play. And particularly if we're then saying 18 imports, 19 with the allowance of an extra in goalie if there's injury to a goalie, protecting your players next season becomes a significantly higher priority. Because you can't afford to be in a position that the Steelers have ended up in at times, that Cardiff have ended up in at times. Every single team across the league, whether it's top end, bottom end, whether it's high budget, low budget, every team has ended up in a situation at times where they've got three or four injuries. It's it's, it's the nature of hockey. And protecting your players to stop that has never been more important. Because now you can't sign that many imports to cover. So maybe using one of those imports to sign a guy that's actually going to go, do you know what? You hit him and you're, you know, you're having a few punches to the face, mate. And I'm, I don't care if I sit down for 17 minutes. It's, it's going to become a behaviour that comes back into the elite league the more that this penalty is pushed. I don't know what you guys think. That's that's that's, that's what I think. Uh, so I'll throw it over to Greg first. Yeah, I, as long as my intake keeps going, I'll, I'll answer it for you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if anyone's in the northwest, they'll know what the what I'm on about. With that, a good use of the, I won't give him the the actual name of the company I'm with. It's just a well-known British telecom company. Sure, I'll get away with that. Have we not already said? <laughs> we we mentioned it twice. Yes. We've already mentioned the um, logging onto the, uh, the the app, telling you to log on to their website to find out the issues about the internet. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah, I mean that's the rule that's coming into place. I think 
the ten minute part I'm not too sure about, but then the like the two minutes, yeah, definitely because you you what even though they're actually putting themselves in the way of getting possibly getting hurt, you're actually stopping concussions from occurring straight away. At least you do have some protection there. You don't have. Obviously, you're gonna get a bit of a, a hit to the head. It's gonna hurt you, but not as much as it's gonna hurt the other player because they're probably gonna end up with maybe a broken knuckle. I mean, the amount of times I've seen players come to our penalty boxes and they've gone, "Have you got any ice?" and their knuckles are just red raw. I think you're definitely right on the Andrew Andrew Sharp part. <laughs> I don't think anyone that actually saw him can disagree with that. But that could be possibly said for like Derek Campbell as well. Well, I mean, to be fair, he did get a penalty for attempted eye gouging. So true. You know. Are you going to see though on that basis, in kind of playing with with Joe's theory for a second? Are you going to see like more and more British enforcers or British guys fighting? Because okay, the rules can't. The, the rule in terms of the number of imports you can bring across season is to help bring in more British players. Are you then going to have that? You know what? We'll have someone who can fight. Go on, there's your spot. You know, you can sit there for, like you said, 17, 18 minutes, maybe a period, but your imports aren't going to be harmed. And if that if that does happen, I I don't want to see that on twofold. One because the rule weren't built in for that. Ignoring the, the the penalty for a second, and B, if you're going to have them, you're going to have some older Brit players. No disrespect to them, still playing the game a lot better than what I can. Um, but would be taking the spot of a of a younger, you know, a 21, 22 year old Brit who's aspiring to play for the national side, who's aspiring to maybe even push above and beyond the elite league. Um. So it's an, it's an interesting spin and a take on what you've said there, Joe, because I think that could potentially be the way clubs get around it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, it'd be interesting to see if we suddenly ended up with some like random young Brits or some random Brits coming in to the Elite League that all of a sudden are dropping their gloves and, uh, and throwing the fist around. <laughs> it'd, be, uh, it'd be interesting. All of a sudden, Callum Patterson makes it into the Elite League. Um, oh, Scott Spearing. <laughs> Yeah, even worse. Oh God. <laughs> well, yeah, certainly would be interesting. Um, Andy, what do you think? Do you think it's going to bring in any other mentality of bringing in that enforcer role again, or? I think it'll, it it will uh, be quite a common occurrence in the future as well. I mean, I think the re- the reason why that Belfast has gone for players like, you know. Like, like like Farnham, is that other teams have you know they've admitted that the good players have put up some good points, but then being in the box fighting might have put them off a bit, especially more more in Europe. So maybe it's given them more of a more of a gateway to sign those type of players in in this league because you know it's a bit more relaxed to fight in what it is in other Europe, European leagues. And those sort of players, yeah, just, just like I said, it, it is it is going to be the thing where they are putting up points, but there will be you know, spending time in the box as well. So it's kind of that balance in, in between both. And I think you know, teams have, have, have realised that and, and, and thought, 
like I mentioned earlier, that it may be like more of a deterrent to other players uh, from the sort of you know, bad hits that that'll cause injuries. It's that sort of you know uh, barrier in between to stop those things from happening because the cup against guys like like Pelican Farn and me like no, I'm I'm not going to risk you know causing a, a massive hit, of a really bad injury to then have to face up to this guy. So. It, it, I'll be honest, it is something that I like. And, you know, these are players, after all, that have spent massive, especially Farnham, amount of time in the NHL. And, oh, it's, it's great to see, along, along with Morrison and, and Samuelson, who have, who have done almost the same thing, but it's, it's a very rare thing where it's not the enforcer, it's the player who's actually, you know, you know the really good player who doesn't spend time in the box. Who's good over here with amazing, amazing uh, CVs? Playing play this league is is just amazing, and I hope it does continue. You know, I'd I'd love to see players like in, in, in Sheffield, and and Martin Saint Pierre was one of those players who must have had experience in the KHL, but just didn't quite uh, settle. I don't think in over here. So yeah, it'd be great to see for forthcoming seasons, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, anybody got anything else to add on that, or are we good to move on? Take that as a good to move on. Um, the next thing we we've touched on this for, for quite a while in terms of, um, well, we, for a start, we talked about it when we, we said about Cardiff. It, the league just seems to be considerably tighter this year. Um, you know, you look at the gap, you look at the points for each team, you look at where everybody's sitting in the league at the moment. It's unreal. Some of the results that we've seen already are just leaps and bounds above what we've seen previously. Um, you know, and anybody really, anybody literally can beat anybody at the moment. What do we think to the way the league table, league table is shaping up at the minute? Do you know what? What? I mean, Gref's probably not going to be very happy about it, but what do we think to the way that the league tables? kind of going the way that the points are being distributed at the moment. It's exactly what people have been crying out for for years, a, a relatively even league, where, like you said, you know, Cardiff are beating Sheffield, and then they'll lose to Guildford. Guildford will then lose to Coventry. Coventry will then beat Glasgow. Glasgow will then beat another team, and then and so on and so forth. And it's great in the aspects of a close league. Um I think what it does is I think it needs fans, I'm saying it, I know it won't happen, but it needs them to realign their expectations of if you win the league or you're the team that goes to the league, you're not going to dominate your years before. You're not going to win the league five weekends before the end of the season. If this is how it's going to be, there's four, five, six teams that's going to be taking points of each other all the time, you're going to be going to the final Sunday of the season. You're not going to be winning you know, 85, 90% of the games. Mm. You may be even going as, as low as 70% winning, winning in terms of games winning to win a league title. And if that's, that's the case, and if that's the case, so be it. You know? We'll, the fans want it. The fans have cried it when Sheffield used to dominate and then when Cardiff used to dominate. They want an even league. Now you're kind of getting that. And you've got six teams, give or take. And the other teams aren't that far behind as daft as it may sound. 
couple of you know di- different approaches here and there, and they're able to compete with the others. Not on budget, but there's other areas where they can compete with the other teams. So I think it's great. It's going to be more if you're a team that's in the mix come January time. It's going to be nervy. Not February, January. From I think from the new year that'll be when it's like right, okay. But as a league, as look as a as neutral as you can be looking at the league, it's it's what we've wanted. It's it's fantastic in the respects of you know you can't you can't you can say oh, I think they'll win the league or I think they'll win the league. Whereas five years ago you go they'll win the league. Yeah. Can you remember the times five, ten years ago where you'd be winning the league in February at times? It's just like we won the league in 03. First elite league season. We won it uh, in the third of the third weekend in February, and there's the whole of March to play. I think Belfast was the last team to do it in the elite league era to win it with so much time. Between the when they won the league to the end of the season, I think it was Belfast were uh, the last team to do that. Um, and as much as you feel that team, that's fantastic, but it's not it's not good for the product overall. So I, I I'm I'm more happy to have this type of league than one team blowing the others out of the water and just uh, setting sail with the title in November. I'm in. Yeah, I agree with it 100%. I like, as a hockey fan, you want to see the league that you follow improve each year. And this year has proven that it's improving with, with how close it is. You're looking at the league's league, ta- league table like every weekend. So you'll finish like, on a Saturday once all the games are finished. You'll look at the table and go, Wow, it's getting closer. And then on Sunday you do the exact same, and you'd be looking like, where are they going to drop points or where are they going to drop points? You don't know when, how it's going to happen, because you're thinking, well, they can beat them, they can beat them, but they beat them, but then they beat them, and you just you're just thinking, wow. Like for example, on the weekend that you mentioned just gone, obviously Cardiff beat you guys. And then Cardiff lost to Guildford, but then Cardiff then lost to Glasgow as well. And then like, I think like two seasons ago, you probably wouldn't have even seen that happen with Cardiff. So I'm I'm all for it, Curry. Griff, just a question to you, mate. Um, I'm kind of hoping you can help me on this one in terms of back in the sort of when when the Storm won titles um, in the Super League era. My memory of that time. You just left there when the Storm won titles. Yeah, again, no, I'm, no. Trying to, I'm trying to do it as a nice actual <laughs> being the play. I'm not taking the mick. We'll talk about the playoffs in a bit, don't worry. Um, but when, when your guys were winning the titles then, and obviously we were, uh, Sheffield in the Super League, that was more closer than... I, I don't recall in the Super League era many titles won. Even the some year, I don't recall that being won with a lot of game regular season time left to play. Oh, I think I remember... Air won it one year, and they won it by just three points, and that was the last game of the season. Which, unfortunately for for us, they won it because they beat us by three points. It was, it was between us two, and then obviously the season after we won it. But it's 
and that's what got me into hockey, how close all the games were. It wasn't like, sometimes, it, like in football now, you could probably see like the likes of City winning the league in like January time, because you're thinking, yeah, no one's going to slip up now, unless you're Stevie J. <laughs> but, it's improved. You're getting better quality on the ice, and it's it's as a hockey fan in general, it's amazing. It's it's very fresh because I mean, ten years ago, you wouldn't have had this. You'd have had Sheffield and Nottingham, Coventry, Belfast winning it by probably five or more points, and still two weeks, two three weeks to go. So it's. Don't get me wrong, I think everyone everyone be saying that they'd love their club to win every year, but that would be boring. That would be boring, especially if you've got another month yet to play. So it, it, it is great to see that. It is just open. I mean, look at it right now, there's the biggest gap between one individual place. Uh, so, for instance, first and second is four points. And that's uh, Glasgow in first and Sheffield second. But look further down, everything is just so so tight and close. I mean, look at Manchester. Okay, they're on nine points. Dundee are on eleven, but Dundee have played seventeen games and Manchester thirteen games. So for me, looking at it, how it is now, the deciding point as to who who finishes in, in the top five is going to be decided with those games in hand. Uh, a few years ago. Uh, it, it worked out a bit differently, you know, where the games at hand were made up uh, when other teams had, had finished their season. But now they're going to have quite a, quite a lot of games in in you know, within a very short space of time, and, that, and that's going to be the fight to you know how many points they can they can get out of all those games in 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 that particular sort of sort of time frame. So, and that's going to decide things for me. And it, it, it makes it a lot more exciting and it's fantastic to see. Really good. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting to see just how it's turned out this year. And it, it's almost a bit of a comfort as well at times, isn't it? Like, you know, we, the Steelers have just gone through a, a, a zero-point weekend. And I have to admit, I, I expected it, to be fair, but... Cardiff, yeah, you can you can go down the line of oh yeah, Cardiff are a strong team. We knew we were going to drop points. I saw some Steelers fans saying they were expecting the points from Manchester, which was I think foolish to expect points when you go into their building because anything can happen. But you know, you this is I think this is the first season. And don't get me wrong, it really puts you on the danger zone. It really puts you on that edge when you get a, a, a weekend where you come out with zero points. You know that there's not really any weekend that you can afford to do that. But this year of all years, it's actually the one where you go, eh, you know what? You know, Cardiff aren't running away with the league. We've not got a team that's 10 points in front of us already. It, this is kind of the one where maybe you can afford a couple more games where actually you don't get the result that you want. Um, one thing that makes me giggle a little bit is seeing, uh, well, our fans saying oh we're like one point oh we were top of the league now we're second in the league in terms of points we have played a considerable amount more games and actually if you look at the top five or top six in terms of point percentage there's really not that much disparity between them I mean Glasgow is still top of the league 0.7 point that's a 70% point percentage Belfast are on 69% point percentage 
Cardiff have got a little drop on 62%. Uh, Coventry, 57%. Steelers, 56 uh, Guildford, 54 And Nottingham, 50 So there's seven teams that are maintaining a point percentage of over 50% this year. Uh, Manchester are on 35%, Dundee are on 32%, and Fife have got a bit of a jump up on 43%. So there's all to play for in this league. And to be fair, even like Manchester and Dundee, who are currently sat in 9th and 10th, it's not that unbelievable for them to climb up the board. And that's the thing. Even at this stage... I know we're not miles into the season, but to be fair, by November, by the end of November, there are probably one or two teams at this point that you could generally discount from a league title, at least. Last year, it was Milton Keynes. Historically, it was Edinburgh. There is not a, there isn't a team at this point that I would put money on finishing in the bottom or the bottom two or the bottom three. Any team could still finish anywhere on the on the board. And that that really does make this this season something something different, something special, because anybody can win, and every game is important. It's also the bit that gives this weekend a sting if you're a Steelers fan, because actually we had two players out from bands that were pretty stupid, pretty selfish, and we lost by a goal. Was it a goal or two goals that we lost to Cardiff by? A goal. One goal. We lost by a goal in Cardiff with two of our top players out on selfish bands. That hurts. We, lo- we lose to Manchester in their building when we probably just let thing- a few things slip and-, and maybe get a bit sloppy in certain areas. Those are the games that actually, if you get under your belt, you're you're putting in a good bid for that title. So it, in a way, was kind of one way you look at it and go, actually, if there's any year we can afford to have a zero-point weekend, this is it. But also, actually, that's things because we had a good chance to build some ground there. Um, so every game's important for everything, and it's, it really is. Uh, it really is quite a spectacle to see at the moment. Um, yeah, has anybody got anything else to add on on, on league positionings? Do we want to start hazarding a guesses to his top three? Let's hazard a guesses to his top three. Let's do it. Too early, yeah. It's not too early. We're, we're gonna do it. In fact, I'll throw this one out there as a comment now because we're not actually gonna do it. Um, but there was a comment that made me laugh. So on, on social media, we put out to say, if anybody's got any questions, topics, suggestions for things for us to talk about, anything, um, put it to us on social media for us to talk about, with this being uh, the Big Five O episode. And uh, Adam Cookson, who plays with us all at, at Ball Hockey, uh, came out with a comment of, he wants to see a league table based on our predictions throughout the year. Now, it isn't something that we're about to do, but can you imagine how hilariously different a league table based on our predictions would be? Ten teams with zero points. That's just us after the predictions. <laughs> no, we'll forget that one, Adam. It might as well be a fantasy league. If anybody's got no time, uh, like a bag of time on their hands and wants to draw up a league table based on our predictions, feel free. However... I guarantee you none of us are about to do it. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm washing my hair. I'm out. Richard do it, but he needs internet. So uh, actually, right now it's a bit touching go. Um, He's out. <laughs> so we'll move on from that then. Uh, oh, in fact, no, we'll go top three. Pick your top three now. Now. In no particular order. Up to you. If you want, if you're confident enough to say one, two, and three, 
I'm happy to just say top three for the time being. I'm not, so I'm just going to go with the three teams that I think will be in the top three, obviously. Um, Glasgow, Belfast, Sheffield. Ooh. I felt that needed some kind of suspense noise. Well, it breaks up the silence, <laughs> doesn't it? Doing it? It does, yeah. See, I'm going to say Glasgow, Sheffield. Don't say Manchester. (laughs) Manchester, yeah. No. Uh, I'm going to say Cardiff. Oh. In particular order. There's always one, isn't there? There is, yeah. Always counting Glasgow, Belfast and Cardiff. Oh. Is that ascending or descending? So is that Glasgow 1, Belfast 2, Cardiff 3? That's ascending. So Glasgow 1? Yeah. Oh. I'd say... I think we're overlooking a, a bit of an outside bet on you. Coventry. I would say Glasgow, Belfast, Coventry. Oh. And can you imagine the fairy tale ending after Coventry ended Cardiff's hopes of a, of a of the three P last season? Can you imagine if Coventry were the team that pushed them out of the top three? That would be fantastic, that yeah. God, there would be a reaction. But I genuinely think I think they're dark horses this year. They've pulled off some good results against some, some good against some good teams. They may come up with some horrific jersey designs. But actually, <laughs> while we're on that, Christmas jerseys, what on earth? Badly joined the IHL, there you go. Dead end of. Sorry. But... Yeah, no, but badly drawn the IHL doesn't extend to the design of the actual jersey. I don't mind the drawing being on the front, but the jersey itself is also just really not great. Everything in the bin. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Sorry, Matt fan. No. What, what did Manchester's uh, Halloween jerseys turn out like, by the way? Because they looked horrific on design as well. They were actually all right in person, to be fair. I, I feel like I need to see one to make this judgment for myself. I know what you're like. I'll like, get a photo for you this weekend. Yeah, please do, because I, I suspect this is just another Homer Greff moment. So talking of nice shirts, this weekend, Shepherds have their um, Remembrance. Remembrance Day. Because obviously we didn't have a home shirt, a home game, sorry, this last weekend, just gone where it was Remembrance weekend. And I think that's going to be one of Sheffield's nicest shirts for a few seasons. Um, if you haven't seen it, Google it. It is a great design. It's well done. It's great use of orange. If you could even say that, it is just a, it's a great shirt. It's It ticks so many boxes. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Have you seen the flash? I've seen it in the flash briefly, but I'm looking forward to actually having one go. I've ordered one. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing it really up close and, and, and look at the detail. Um, like I say, I think it's going to be one of Sheffield's nicest shirts they've done for some time. Yeah. yeah no, I, I agree. Right. So, Speaking of jerseys, Colorado Avalanche's Stadium Series no, jersey. No. No. In the bin. Next. Next. No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely awful. I'd rather see Nightingale's green jersey than that jersey. Yeah, I would, strangely enough. Well, to be fair, you slap a big D on the front and then it becomes Dallas's jersey. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly. Um, going back to Remembrance jerseys, though, have you seen the whole Pirates one? Because that's also really quite a nice jersey. Nice. 
Yeah, it's, it was. It's a different take on it. It's more of a. Um, it's more it's detail. It's the detail. The uh, yeah, the, uh, it's a different take. Yeah, as, as, good. Different. as good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, does anybody else have anything to add on jerseys, which was apparently just a randomly spontaneous section of the podcast today? So you're welcome. Um, yeah, to uh, <laughs> that was that was an unintentional reference to the Steelers podcast. Very welcome. Um, you can yeah, say you're very welcome. Yeah, true. Um, does anybody else have anything to to add to jerseys, the the league, anything like that, or we're we good to move on? Good to move on. You realise this is radio, not TV, guys. Like when you, do you know when I say good to move on? Everybody nodding. It's like an addition. It's a good, um, good thing. It's a radio. It is, yeah. I've got, well, I've, got the, I've got the face for it. Yes, you have. No no arguments there, mate. <laughs> it's a fallout. Bless him. Bingo. Um... The next thing we have on the agenda is a bit of a weird one. Uh, Andy, you actually raised, I think, at least mine and Dave's. I don't know if Gref also, Ethan Gref knew about this, but I certainly didn't. I don't think Grave. Grave? Great. I don't think. Whoa! Halloween's <laughs> gone there. Jesus Christ! That went fast, didn't it? <laughs> oh, God. I was kind of half Gref, half Dave then. It came out as Grave. Um, <laughs> Dave, I apologise. Um, I don't. I, I know. For I, I think Dave said that he didn't. He'd not heard about this. I don't know. I can't remember what you said, Greg. If you'd heard about this, but TJ Brody um, has reportedly collapsed. Was he collapsed and had a seizure, Andy? And then he's been that's, that's gone right, to hospital. Yeah. Um, just never nice to hear about it. It really opens your eyes to the hockey community as a whole and and to what can happen and and. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't really know what to say, to be fair about it. So I didn't really know about it, but just well, a, a bizarre one. Within the last hour, so as we're doing the, the podcast, Calgary have actually uh, put on an update that he has been discharged from hospital um, and he is at home uh, um, recuperating. Um, so he's, you know, obviously he's on the right side of things. Um, but like I say, Joe, it just opens your eyes to just, you know, things like the, any random stuff and, when I say random stuff, random moments of injuries yeah. that you can have, and just go, you don't expect to see that, you're not expecting that, etc., etc. So, um, you obviously, you know, you want to see a full recovery for TJ Brody, um, and yeah, you just it just proves that you never take anything for granted. It is really sad to see it. It's not just hockey; um, it's football as well. I, I can't remember his name. The uh, Tottenham. Oh, yeah. Can't, I can't remember his name. Well, it's Bolton. Yeah, yeah, I think it was actually, yeah. M- Moambe? That's the one. Yeah, Fabrice Moamba. That's, that's it, that's it, yeah. Well done, Close yeah. enough. Yeah, it's, it, it just seems to be not, not, not so much a common thing, but it seems like it's common, and it's, it's sad. It's sad to see, because obviously you had, a few years ago, you had, you had Rich Pebbley. Uh, it was playing with Dallas Stars, uh, collapsed as well on, on the bench. Yeah. And it is, it is just really sad, sad to see. And it is. Just go back, you know, it's it's not a sign for future times that it's going to keep happening. Um, but yeah, just hopefully that you know 
it's 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 not going to be one of those things that will that will reoccur with different different players, different sports. Obviously, our thoughts are with um, everyone affected through past, present, and everything, everything like that. So, yeah, it, it is sad to see, and hopefully, uh, it's not too much of a common common thing. On the plus side of this, off, did you see the that the Humboldt Broncos player with his he was yes. put in a yeah. wheelchair? Yes. That's really good news to see. That's, he's that's actually amazing. the surgery works. Amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. That's um. Real. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a sad story becoming a nice story. Um. Yeah. So no, that's uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. Unless anything, anybody's got anything to add to that, we'll we'll move on again. Um. To the Conti Cup first, so we'll uh, little segment for the Panthers fans out there. Uh, little uh, the challenge cup, not the challenge cup, the Conti Cup. Like we passed sh- this already. Are you sure, Joseph? I'm certain. No. So yeah, do you know what? No, I've, oh, I've, oh. I've got no words. I have no words. Um. This is, yeah, so a little section for the Panthers fans. More so, a little section for us to get another attempt at screwing up some predictions. Um, the Continental Cup begins this weekend. I believe, I can't remember where it is. Is it Denmark? It's in Denmark, yeah. Oh, got that one right. Um, and, yeah, so the Panthers play Friday against Amiens. Is that right? You've got to keep, you've got to keep giving me like a thumbs up or something. Amiens, Amiens. Amiens. As long as I'm roughly getting the right team, then that's good. Uh, Saturday against Farren Varos. Something along those lines. Thank you. And then Sunday, this is going to be the awful one. Sunday Siege. Close. Close. That'll that'll do me if I'm close on that one. Sunday Seeker. Oh, that'll, that'll do. To be fair, it has a JYSK at the end. Like, I, I'll take... it, scores, it scores a lot of points at Scrabble. <laughs> Bloody does. <laughs> um, <laughs> too right. Uh, but yeah, um, I guess the main thing is, uh, it's a weird one. I mean, you always put your British hockey hat on, don't you, when you see uh, British hockey teams go, like going over in that kind of competition. Uh, obviously, Belfast did such a good job representing last year. Ended up getting the extra CHL spot by coming second in the Conti Cup. Um, the winning team being from Kazakhstan. Yep. So not being able to go into the CHL for visa and logistics reasons. Logistics um, reasons, yeah. Yeah. The Nottingham Panthers, obviously, last time they were in the Conti Cup, actually ended up... I nearly said Challenge Cup then again. You really screw me here. <laughs> um, last time they were in the Conti Cup, uh, they won. And then ended up going through to the next round at the CHL as well. So, big opportunity for Nottingham in what actually so far has been quite a disappointing season for them. Um, attendances at one point really, really went through the floor. And I think they were there was talk of fans boycotting games and some stupid noise that we're not playing well enough. Oh, let's not go to the games because naturally that gives the club more money to sign better players. Um, but... This could be the saving grace for their season. It could do. Um, in a tournament that, since the Panthers won it, 
has got increasingly tougher to make the final um, in respect of you've got a higher standard of teams entering. Uh, if you look at the Panthers group, um, Sundersiki, the hosts, have got CHL experience. Um, so, and they play, obviously, we mentioned that they play uh, the Panthers last. Now, just a, a side note traditionally, Conti Cup groups, the last game of the tournament is who the WHF believe will be the team that will compete with the hosts to make it through. So traditionally, the winner of the group made it to the next round. At the semi-final stage, right. because no one hosts the final, the top two make it through to the final. So when the Steelers made the the, the Conti Cup, and he did a Joe there, the Conti Cup final hey. in 2010, we had to win our semi-final group, which we did in Italy, to make it to Grenoble. Whereas when we went to Rungstead, because we finished in the top two, when it changed to someone bidded afterwards for the final. Looking at the group they're in, you want to say that they can make the top two and it's, it's doable. It's doable to win it. But I'll be honest with you, Ferenvaros, Hungarian club sides are notoriously difficult to beat, notoriously difficult. They're quick. And now we we saw Mac Budapest, um, who... You know, we, we got a decent win against them, but they also turned over card in a preseason. But traditionally, them teams are, are very quick and, you know, it's all skill um, in that respect. So, Panthers have challenges. I'll state my, I'll state my claim. I think they'll make this to the grand final. Um, I don't know if it's finished second or first. I can't I can't call that one. But I, I think they'll make it. Um, compared to the other group, um, it's, it's a, the group that the Panthers are in is a lot easier. Um, you've got um, previous County Cup winners at Don Bastonetsk, um, Atiro from Kazakhstan, you've got uh, Krakow, Krakovia, uh, Neman Grodno, so you've got like more CHL experience um, in that side. So, tough assignment for the Panthers, but then it was a, it was a tough one when they won the Cup. And I, I think it's doable for them to make the final, and then you roll the dice and you go from there. Um, I, I'm going to I know we're going to call a prediction of all fours. How are they going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to sit my neck and I think they're going to win all three games. Change your mind. I know I said I, I couldn't call it, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it. All three games. They're going to win all three games. Um, it, it's, it's a group that's, it's, it's one of them. They'll, they can win all three or they'll lose all three. If, if that makes any form of sense. Um, but I think they'll win all three. Mm. And like you said, like you said, I think it's going to be that turning point for the Panthers. That uh, uh, the. Danish team, Sunderseed, they've got a netminder that Panthers fans will know very well, Patrick Galbraith. So, a lot of the well, Panthers players that were there when Galbraith played for them, they'll know probably his weakness. So that could export it. It could be a great game to watch. I'm going to pretty much say it's going to be Panthers are going to get win two games. They're going to lose one, but I'm not too sure if it's going to be against the Danish team or it's going to be against the Hungarian team. I think they'll beat the M. I'm not even going to pronounce it. The French team. Oh yeah. E. Ons. How difficult is that, my friend? <laughs> you <laughs> saw me in Slovakia. Clearly, in comparison to. I'd say fair. I take that back. I saw the way you pronounced French in Slovakia. Yeah, that was atrocious. Exactly. 
I think Panthers will still make one get the top two, but I think they're going to lose one game at least. Which game you got to pick? Which predictions? I'm so going to say the Hungarian team. Hold on. So you're going to say Amien, they, Amion, Amien, whatever. They, they beat Amion. Yep. And they'll beat the Danish team as well. Which one's the Danish team? Is that Sunder? Sunder yes. Yeah, okay. That's good. So you think that you think they'll lose against Varun Varos? Yes. Okay. Sound? I think they'll win all three. Definitely all three games. Uh, the closest one, I believe, will be the Sunday Seek game, the last, last one. Uh, I believe it'll be a comfortable win against uh, Guthy Camien and uh, Frank Barras. I, I think it'll be pretty comfortable wins. So I, I, I'm going to say three wins, but Sunday Seek being the, the toughest for them. I think. I think they'll beat Amion. I'm I'm with Gref. I think they'll beat uh Siege or however you pronounce it. You look at their league, I mean the top of the league's Alborg Pirates, third in that league's Rungstead. Two teams that the Steelers have both beaten in either preseason or European tournament. And I I just think since then the Elite League step taking a big step forward. Um I think the Nottingham team is actually built more for the European side of hockey. I know we, we always talk about the fact that there's, there's a significantly bridged gap and there's not really a great difference between the European hockey and the North American hockey, but there are still differences. And I think the fact that the Nottingham team is built more off, you know, leagues like the Alsvenskan and, and those, you know, the likes of those sort of leagues rather than the North American leagues the K, and the KHL. I think that, I think that'll work to their advantage. You've got to think Nottingham are sitting points percentage-wise around sixth, seventh position in the league. They've had a few good like results recently. They've obviously signed Jake Hansen and they signed Julian Talbot recently, and they've really the, the results have really taken a leap forward since they signed them. And also, one thing to point out is that when the when the Steelers went and went to Bolzano and then Grenoble and, and came so close to winning the Conti Cup when they were in it all those years ago. Wasn't that the year that we had Kevin Reiter and then Andrew Werner as the net netminder eventually? Yeah. So did so well in the Conti Cup and very, very poorly in the domestic league. Absolutely. So it's not necessarily a sign, a sign for that. I would say that they'll, they'll lose against Ferran Varos. So I'm with, I'm with Gref on that one. So I think two out of the three. But I, I, like all you guys, I think from that, they'll, they'll, they'll finish in the top two. Um. Anything else for the Conti Cup, other than the fact that it'd be great to go back to Denmark for the Conti Cup? Can confirm that. Other than the price of even just uh, Burger King. And do you want to remember a photo in the Scotch bar? Unlike the photo you've had in the, in the Scotch bar that you can't remember being taken. No, that was in the Irish bar, wasn't it? Scotch bar. Was the Scotch bar? Was it Irish bar? A bar in A bar in Copenhagen. For anybody who's wondering, one of the nationalities. We went to Denmark and ended up in an Irish bar, a Scottish bar, and an English bar at some point over the weekend. And they were called the Scottish <laughs> bar, the Irish bar, the English bar. Yeah. <laughs> the best bit was bringing those Bacardi breezes back to the hotel like that. Trying to sneak them in. When the only thing. Under jerseys. 
the only thing he could do. This actually touches on another question that we've been asked as a joke of what happened in Copenhagen. Um, that is in Copenhagen. There's your answer. Picardy breezes happened in, in Copenhagen. Um, when it's an upgrade on Carlsberg. Oh. Anything was an upgrade on Carlsberg. Do you know what? Like the place where we thought, oh yeah, we'll be able to get decent, like Summersby cider and all that kind of stuff. It was literally just Carlsberg and Tuborg. That Christmas, Christmas. No Panthers fans going to Denmark. If you have the opportunity to try Christmas Tuborg, don't. No. <laughs> go to 7-Eleven, get some Bacardi beers instead. There you go. Can't confirm. <laughs> 100% can confirm that one. Um, but yeah, oh yeah, always a good trip. Um, hopefully, if you go and you're taking a lot of Krona, because it was not a cheap place, and uh, get to grips with the, uh, the pennies with the holes in them. So that was just an odd one. Um, but we move along then, staying European, to the uh, dis- to the disappointment now of Cardiff and Belfast, as they're no longer in it, but to the increased excitement of our one and only Mr David Grant. It is, of course, the CHL section of the podcast. Would it really be episode 50 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast? Without Dave going off on a 30-minute CHL run. Deep break. <laughs> well, uh, can I just say, firstly, thank you for uh, pronouncing my name correctly this time. Um, you're well welcome. Uh, so, yeah, we had the, the first leg of the round of 16. <laughs> Before you go any further, I've just realised, if I mashed your name up with, with Gref by accident, and I called you Grave because I went with Gref and then Dave, the opposite version would have been death. <laughs> What are they trying to say about us, Griff? Oh, I think that was rude for interrupting you. Very rude for interrupting you. Oh, my apologies. It makes a change for it not to be one of us interrupting Andy, so apologies. And apologies, Andy, for all those times. Oh, I'm not going to count now. Forget it. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, first leg, round 16. Interesting scorelines. We'll start with Frolunda. Uh, mountain to climb in the second leg, losing 6-3 to Fargistad. Uh, that was the game on the free sport. It was a nice backhand goal from Fargus. Their sixth goal. If anybody gets to watch the highlights, watch for that goal. That was a nice finish. Uh, other ones. Mountfield uh, won the win over Aldermanheim uh, in Mountfield. Lulia beat Burn in Burn 3-0. Olsberger and Bialbien drew 2-all. Tapara and Zug drew 3-all. However, if anybody is watching the highlights, be careful of the gruesomeness of Benny Blood's injury who got kicked in the face. Uh, he's, 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 the guy's got fined for, for kicking. Um, it's, uh, it's not like he's, just, he's not like he's gone skating and gone and swung kick. It's just the whole motion, but he ended up kicking him. Um, Skeleftia has drawn Diagaren. Pilsen lost 2-1 to Lausanne. And Munich uh, struggled, but got the win 3-2 against Junost in Minsk. So it sets up for next week's second leg. Um, even the Frolunda scoreline, I kind of can't call any of them. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe Lilia. Maybe they've they've probably been in the quarters, but they're all very tight games. I've kept it down to under thirty minutes, so I'll pass it over to the rest of you. So, Joe, in that fine that the Zug player got, it was classed as category one. Careless. Careless. 
How can you kick somebody in the face and it be careless? You've, you've got to see the highlight. It's not like it's, 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 there was a coming together. Uh, Bloodsticks got caught up in the skates, and uh, and they've ended up going down to the floor. But as he's, he's Zug's player's gone and tried swing away, but he's kicked blood in the he's in the eye socket. Um, in, in, in the face is if you search for for Betty Blood on on Twitter you'll see a lovely photo of his bruise. Um, Doing that now. He was more concerned that he may have lost his uh, moustache. He hasn't, so he was happy with that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, could have lost my eye, but you could have ruined my November. Yeah. <laughs> only ho- only hockey players could come out with that. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Forget the teeth, is my moustache okay? But whilst you're looking for that, I want to throw this one thing um, to your guys. Now, the CHL have done, like, they do the fan survey every year to see how they can improve, yada, yada, yada. But one thing they threw, which I thought was an interesting thing that they, they if they implemented, may get a, a wider reach, is they talked about the final. Now, no, now, normally, it's whoever has the most points up to the end of the semi-finals hosts the final. And the idea that they suggested was to actually copy an element of the Elite League in terms of the playoff finals weekend and have the semi-finalists four have a weekend. So you two semis on the Saturday and you CHL final on the Sunday. Now, well, as, a con- so as a concept, to throw it to your guys, would that be something that you'd been... If you said, right, that's going to be at that venue. And so you know, let's just say it's going to be Berlin. You knew that. You knew weekend. Regardless of the four teams who made that final four, would that be something that you'd be tempted to go? 100%. Even, even as, as a fan of a team that may not necessarily make that final four? Definitely. It's you, You've seen like some of the European hockey fans, they're chanting. It's quite mental, really, you could say, compared to what we're used to in the Elite League. But Seeing that would be just incredible. Just make sure Even, you refer that to any specific fans that are chanting and making noise. Not section 13, then. I'll block 19. What's Ben Blood's Twitter? Ben, uh, at BennyBlood24. Uh-huh, found it. Yeah, definitely for me. Uh, no, it doesn't matter if your team's going to be there or not. The atmosphere is still going to be... It's going to be incredible, you know, and, and a, a really good showcase of hockey as well. So, and it's a trip. It's a trip. You can drink. It, it doesn't matter who's playing. You know I mean, so there's no pressure. There's no stress of, of if, if your team's going to win it or not. You're just there to watch good it's hockey. It's like me at playoffs. Exactly. You sound like a match exactly. Storm fan at the playoff weekend. <laughs> exactly. Neutral hockey. There's, there's no pressure on you. You can just relax, enjoy it, and have fun. And why not? Why not just go to it? And make sure you drink responsible. Always. That's it. Unless it's Carlsberg, then just don't drink at all. Uh, Joe, I know you, you kind of give a very quick answer to that. Do you want to elaborate on that one anymore? Uh, no, well, I, I mean, that, to be fair, I, I, if that was the kind of structure, even if my team wasn't in the CHL full stop, it was. It, I just think it, the thing with the CHL is... There are certain teams in Europe that don't have any interest in, like, you, you see, like, Frölunda, they don't, their fans don't really care. Like, the Tapper-Azuk game was on, 
It was on Free Sports. The CHL posted it live on Facebook as well, didn't they? I seem to remember watching it live on Facebook. And the, the arena was 90% empty. But actually having it at one specific venue, I I think would be a good thing. So to be fair, like, I'd be interested in going even if the Steelers weren't in the, in the tournament as a whole. So it's certainly something that I'd be interested in going to. You know, we all like to go and see some European hockey. We always talk about, oh, well, let's, what about a trip to here? What about a trip to there? And then 90% of the time, never end up doing it. But, you know, we always talk about it. Uh, like, would that not be one of the destinations that made the list of going to see the CHL final in Berlin, as you say, or for London or wherever it may end up being? Oh, imagine that weekend in, in uh, Gothenburg. Oh. Yeah. So I think that gets the MFZ podcast a seal of approval. If anybody from the CHL is listening, change your final. There you go. Final weekend. Yeah. Yeah, very true. We'll we'll tweet that out and try and get a response from them. <laughs> um, does anybody have anything else to add on CHL? We, we good with that? We we happy? Dave, you happy to bring that one to a close? You. Yeah. Sorry, did, could you just repeat this one? Make sure you got the right name this time. Dave. Thank you. Yes, I've got good mate. <laughs> um, so, we, we move on to... I don't even know how to describe... I apologise, by the way. Apparently, my... <laughs> Every time I move on my chair, it makes a squeaking noise. Um, it was a good time. It was a good time. I'm just trying to think of the best way to phrase this. To I be guess fair. we need 40 of them joints, man. I know I need to, believe me. Um, Especially your ankles. Well, they might stop me from injuring myself on sellies. So, um, yeah, I, I don't even know how to phrase this. Just one of the weirdest things that's happened in a while in the hockey universe. Like Don Cherry. Probably one of the most, well, without a doubt, one of the most iconic people in hockey, um, has been fired from his position in Hockey Night in Canada um, for racist remarks, shall we say. I'm trying to like, phrase this very carefully. Uh, racist remarks, basically, is, is, was the allegation, wasn't it? From what it, from what he says, was the gist of what he was saying. Um, what, what, do, what do we make of this without going too far into it. So, to walk the tightrope. Um, so, his comments was, the generic subject was about the wearing of the poppy. Um, now, seeing the clip a few times uh, and listening to Joe's ankles and limbs just <laughs> sounds terrible. Um, I, I think Don Cherry fell on the fact of delivery he could have made his point worded it a lot better and he hasn't and the rules and regs of all Canadian TV networks and I don't know this from reading other people share this stuff and, and whatnot. and one of the people who commented on one of my one of my friends on Facebook who actually works for a, a Canadian TV network and say look you, you're given a list of rules and what you can say what you can't say and if you if you strike on the wrong side you're gone it's not like it's it's very zero tolerance um it's a type of topic whether you believe it should be the way it is 
you have to, you can't do it off the cuff. You ca- you can't just go. Do you know what? I'm going to say it because you you end up putting yourself in a position where you could be deemed and looked upon to be portraying an image that you are not. Now, in the content, in terms of the of the, say the subject was about the wearing of the poppy. I think the, the the subject of the wearing of the poppy was a subject that was fine to talk about. How he delivered the content, how he how he then elaborated on it, made him sound like he was actually saying something they probably weren't even thinking. Give or take. Um, so I think it's. it's it's, it's kind of like the game of hockey itself. The, the world moved on, the game of hockey moved on, and you have to be aware of, you know, how the world reacts to stuff. Um, you can't le- be left behind, or you will be a dinosaur. Um, and it's something that Don Cherry's been accused of a number of times with some of his comments about other players and uh, uh, you know different um, topics. And you, you've got to move. You've got to move with the times. You've got to, you know, understand. You know, I suppose the wrong word, but sensitivity of, of of subjects. Whereas before you could say what you want and it'd be fine because you know you could just say, "You lost my opinion," then deal with it. You can't now. Um, it's the way it's the way the world is. So it's it's a shame because Coach's Corner was a product I enjoyed watching. Um, my Second early memories of watching NHL that weren't NHL on Channel 5 was, um, I can't remember what the uh, the original channel on Sky were that showed NHL, but they had Coach's Corner, and it was always... Satanta Sports. Satanta Sports, I think it may have been before Satanta Sport. NESN? NESN, could have been NESN, yes, it could have been them, um, but... Listen, to, and, and, and in fairness, his knowledge of the game, from his own, you know, experiences of the game, is something that, without going to, again, parking the subject, what he said recently to aside, was knowledgeable, was worth listening to. Is he, is he potentially, and stuff he said afterwards, is he a victim of just falling behind the pace of the world and how it's moved on and how it deals with stuff, how it speaks about topics, how it approaches stuff? Probably. And I think that's where his downfall a has been. Um, yeah, a lot of people are uh, offended, bizarrely. Um, a lot of people are calling it, you know, again, about snowflakes. And I, I just think it's, I don't think it's about being a snowflake, I just think it's about how you deliver an opinion on a subject as close to the knuckle as he allowed it to go. I mean, I think everyone that watched Hockey Night in Canada is going to miss those suits now. Yes. Guarantee the first comment you'd make would be about his suit. <laughs> they were very bizarre. I think you've pretty much hit it on there straight away. It's he went about it the wrong way. You you would say, yeah, we some of us agree with the fact that. With the poppy, you you re- you're respecting the people that fought for your country. But the way he went about it, it was like that was the wrong way. Especially in this day and age of the world, you just 
maybe in like 1980 or 1970s, you probably would have got away with that easily. But the world's moved on from then. I think probably the age he's at, he's probably just not got moved on with the world in that kind of sense. Both right, it's it's just wrong choice of words, and he, even Don, in an interview, said that he, he wished he'd used uh, everything or, or or everyone rather, sorry, he, he wished he'd used that in, in, instead of, instead of what he said. Um, I, I just find it bizarre how people find it offensive, even though there's a lot of you know there's a lot of British people who, who have migrated over there. One of them being my ex-girlfriend, for instance, so she's living in in, in Vancouver now. So, I don't understand why people are taking it as a racist remark when it's actually not. Because, like I said, there's a lot of immigrant, there's a lot of immigrants who moved over there from everywhere, absolutely everywhere. So, no matter what colour skin they are, it doesn't matter at all. There's a lot of people, different races. So, I don't, I don't understand that at all. I think people have just taken that way out of context and what it actually should have been. On the flip side of that. Don has said a lot of controversial things over the years on on Coach's Corner, and I think he, he just had that power uh, to literally say whatever comes into his mind, and I think he shouldn't have, you know, as much as that power just to talk about anything he wants. I think it should just be, you know, hockey related or or things that definitely no one cause any offence to anyone, which I know is hard in, in these days, but. Yeah, it's just how it is. Um, I think firing was a little bit, a little bit, you know, over the top, considering this compared to things that he said in the past. But I have no no doubt that uh, somewhere like like TSN or CBC will probably pick up uh, Coach's Corner because he he is an absolute icon in, in Canada, and you know, some people know what uh, Francis Trudeau. At a party, he he wore face paint, which definitely would offend people, and and I certainly would have been offended at that. But no one bats an eyelid at that compared to what Don's done, and I think that's a bit stupid considering Trudeau is the president of Canada. So you know, it just doesn't make any sense in that respect. I agree with you in in respect. I don't think he's gone out to be or say something in a racist context. I don't think he has. I'm from honest. It's just he's put himself in the position. Yeah. To make himself look like, and that is where you you are now with, with what, especially when you are the face of a product like he is with Coach's Corner. If you put yourself in a vulnerable position where you someone could think, could go out of their way to believe, it's that vulnerability that you can't afford, and I think that's where his downfall is. Yeah, I. It's just a weird one, isn't it? To be to be fair. The first I'd heard of this was when Gref messaged on our Facebook chat to say that they'd been sacked. I mean, I hadn't, I'd, I was been living under a rock for a couple of days, but I hadn't heard anything that he'd said. Um, but yeah, you just, I mean, Don Cherry's a guy that for years has thrived off controversy. And I think everybody to one extent thought one of his most controversial rants or one of his most iconic rants was going to be his bunch of jerks comments about Carolina Hurricanes. And then, you know, after this, it just kind of escalates to think actually that just seems to be so minor now and just doesn't seem to have any um, 
anything about it, but it's just a weird one. I mean, I agree with you guys. I say that. I say that he thrives off the controversy. I don't actually think that that was the intention in this. Um, from what you read about the guy, he's a very, very patriotic Canadian. And to be fair, um, obviously got rubbed up the wrong way about people not wearing poppies. Um, you know, in that respect, right, then you just put what he said into the context. And as you say, it's his delivery. You... Okay, it really is check, check yourself before you wreck yourself, isn't it? On that, you've got to sit there and think, like, what, what are we doing? You know, you can't sit there on that kind of program and not on that kind of platform and just say whatever you want. You've got to think, particularly in this day and age. But even you go back 10, 20, 30 years, you know, you, you can't really be going and phrasing things like that without causing offence to somebody. Um, it isn't a case of snowflakes. I, I think it's a bit of a... I think people saying that are the people that kind of grew up watching Don Cherry and don't want to kind of put it in that bad light. But it isn't a case of snowflakes. Um, it is just something that you can't say, quite frankly. And I, I don't know. I, I just think it's a bit odd. I mean, looking into it, I mean, Don, I thought Don Cherry would have been in the, in the Hockey Hall of Fame by now. But apparently from what I've read, he isn't. I don't think he will be after this. Um Granted, in terms of his hockey career itself, as a coach and as um, a player, it wasn't the most successful per se. Played 767 games in the AHL, so decent amount of games in the AHL. He broke, uh, he, he, I think he played one game in the NHL in total. Uh, and then coaching-wise, coached a few, a few teams, coached Boston and, and the Colorado Rockies in the NHL. Um, got the AHL coach of the year, but you know, he's got no standing cups under his belt. But he's just such an iconic guy. He is just... He, other than Wayne Gretzky and then maybe throwing Bobby Orr and maybe Gordie Howe, I don't think you'd be able to find a more iconic guy in the in, in the hockey world. I mean, if you guys have got any other suggestions, I, I honestly can't think of anybody as iconic other than maybe those three. I think they're, I they're about the three. Yeah. I, I just... And then, as, as you say, I mean, coach's corner. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, from what I've just read, I mean, in 2004, um, National Broadcasting Network, CBC, actually ran a poll of the greatest Canadian of all time. And this poll that they ran, Don Cherry was ranked seventh in the greatest Canadians of all time. Like, you know, he's more famous for his post-hockey career than he is for his hockey career, but... Um, after this, suspect significantly more for his post hockey career, but just a just a bizarre one. Um, quite sad, really, considering he's, as I say, how iconic a guy he is. And then and then you get what's his what's his co-host called? Is it Don McLean? Don Don McLean? Ron McLaren. Ron McLean. Um, and then he comes out and is the this is the topic of was he thrown under the bus by Rob McLean, who said um, he wished he'd spoken up and he shouldn't have stayed quiet and all this kind of stuff. He put out a big tweet apologising to people that he didn't say anything and didn't didn't step in. Um, and I think uh, Don Cherry went out in the press and said he felt like he'd been a bit betrayed by that and a bit thrown under the bus, but just. 
it is, it is what it is, but you can't say that. It's as simple as that. There's, there's no two ways about it. You, you can make up excuses. We can all go down, down the line until we're blue in the face of saying maybe it wasn't meant to be in that way. But he said what he said. Simple as that. It's, it's, it's what I'm saying now about, uh, you know, when I said my, my, my mate's girlfriend, she, she's white, she's British, so and, and she's living over there. She's technically an immigrant, so I don't understand how it can cause offence to many people. Because like I said, there's a lot of different races, religions out there that do go to other places. So I, I don't understand how it can be, you know, just to one sort of specific group. Because there's lots of specific groups, so I just don't understand that yet. What what, what Trudeau did, yet no one bats an about what he did, and he's still the president. He's fine, and I think Trudeau's incident is a lot lot more worse than what Cherry's done. And even when it's controversial things like that, Joey said the bunch of jerks things. Carolina made T-shirts saying bunch of bunch of jerks, so they made a whole joke out of the situation. You know what I mean, so. I think it is just people suck it in the wrong sort of way than what it was meant to do, uh, which is very unfortunate. So I, I don't think it meant it like that. I, I know that it didn't, but it is just very unfortunate. But I think there will be some some light from the end of the tunnel for sure. I, I agree in that as, to an extent, but I think the other thing that you've got to bear in mind is Trudeau is the president of Canada. Don Cherry is the presenter on. Yeah. Um, Sportsnet. Yeah, Sportsnet, Hockey Night in Canada. It's significantly easier, and Hockey Night in Canada has, you know, they have to, they have to limit the issues, um, you know, that it could cause for them. And bottom line is, it can cause a lot of issues for them. Um, like. It's, a, it's significantly easier for them to just go, okay, Don, you know, we, we're cutting the ties. We, we're not having that said on our broadcast. We're not running the risk. You got because you've got to think like they would have. They have to make that decision quick. I mean, more than likely, they made that decision before anybody even voiced any offence. As soon as he said that, you could guarantee that they were going to be cutting ties. You could guarantee that they weren't going to be running the risk of having him connected to them whereas Trudeau it's it's a different scenario it's not like a TV company just cutting I, I, I don't know what you're saying completely but how is it okay for one person and not okay for the other one I'm not saying it's okay for either of them to be but I, I don't think anybody is I just think the issue the, the problem is it's two, because it's two separate scenarios the measures that are going to be taken on either side are, are going to be completely different. I, I fully agree with you. I'm not about, you know, uh, it, it, what what Trudeau did, it, I fully agree. But you've got to think, you know, the fact that nothing's been done against Trudeau is more of a reflection on that rather than Sportsnet or Hockey Night in Canada or whoever getting rid of Don Cherry. Because they have to think about themselves, whereas Trudeau is in a, high, is in a much higher position. But yeah, I fully agree. That's not me by any means saying what yeah. Trudeau did is, is, is okay. I'm just oh, saying no. that's like yeah. the scale of the two is, is the difference is just too is too big. I think. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, no, fully agree. I, I, I think. 
I mean, like I say, I, I think it's been taken the wrong way, but I think as soon as it, as soon as the words came out of his mouth, I think it was only one way that it was going to go, and it, it's a shame, but yeah, the the issue is this is now what he's going to be remembered as, like one of the most iconic guys in hockey, who's done such good, and I, I actually have to admit, a lot of the time said some. Controversial things, but not controversial for any other reason, other than just loads of people disagreed with what he was saying by the end. He was very, very opinionated in that if something happened in a hockey game, he took a stance and that was it. He didn't move. There was no, oh, yeah, I can see your point. There was no other end to it. If something had happened, let's let's say there was a, a collision in centre ice and he decided it was a bad hit. If there, there could be people telling him until he was blue in the face that it wasn't a bad hit and giving it 100 good reasons for why that hit was clean he wouldn't budge he took his stance and that was it and you know that that made a bit like Marmite at times some people liked him some people hated him from a perspective of you know you either agreed with him or you didn't there was no there was no oh yeah I see where he's coming from he either took one stance or the other um, which was good to see somebody have that kind of strength of opinion but obviously in this instance it's just gone a bit too far but I just I think that's the sad thing, the fact that this is what he's good. This is what Don Cherry will be remembered for now. In addition to everything else, but you're never going to hear the words Don Cherry without a discussion about this coming up now. Yeah. Does anybody else have anything to add on Don Cherry, or are we probably pretty much done? I think we've covered it well. Yeah. We have. yeah, yeah. Fair play. Right, so we'll move on from Don Cherry then. Um, the last thing that I have on the agenda before we go to our usual successful predictions round um, is um, questions. So, Dave, we've had a couple of questions, I believe, from Ben Clark. My chair is still creaking, so I apologise. But, yeah, I believe we've had a few questions, mate. We have. Um, so, thank you, Ben. Um, let's go straight into it. So, the best player that your guys have seen live that you'd love to come back to your team in the Elite League. So I'm assuming it's the player at his peak at the time that you saw him that you would love to have played for the Steelers or in Grass Case Storm. Um, it's a very hard one. There's a lot of players, you know, still in my childhood that, that were fantastic. Steelers... Scott with Steve Munn. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see him back any day of the week. But it is prime, obviously. Uh, but saying that, you know, is in the league as a whole, Adam Calder. Just no other player like Absolutely fantastic, fantastic player. And again, it, it's really sad what, what happened. And I have Calder down straight away. As soon as the yeah. question was right, I call straight away. That the destruction, the ACDC line was was probably the strongest line ever seen in the Elite League. Um, full stop. And uh, if you could stop, if you could stop that, you did well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd call the straight down. Uh, I'd love to have seen him in teal at the time, but obviously yeah. now it's orange. See, I'd probably go with Scott Matzka. Yeah. Because he was one hell of a player. 
unfortunately, he had to retire through the illness that he got, and then he's unfortunately passed away. But when you saw him playing for Cardiff, he just tore it up. Like you guys mentioned him with the ACDC line. That's. I guess he was probably on that around that stature for Cardiff. He probably could have been one of those type of players. If we're talking player from your own team, um, I, I I can't look I can't look past anybody but Joey Talbot. I really can't. Um, Really, really, truly was my my all time favourite Steelers player, and um, I, I genuinely can't look past Talbot. I, I agree with you as well, staff. To be fair, Steve Munn uh, would have been another on that list. I got my Talbot second. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, my top two from the Steelers era would probably have been um, Talbot and Munn. I'd probably put somebody like Max Lacroix up there as well, just because he was just a point scoring machine. But um, yeah, Talbot. For definite for me from the from the Steelers. I'm going to cheat a little bit because this is from the lockout era, um, and it's not Biz. Because to be fair, I think we'd all just like to see Biz come back to the Elite League so he could bring some Pitt Whitney over. Um, but um, I have to I have to say just for the amount of NHL games played, 549 NHL games could score. Could fight, could play. Um, Wade Bielak. I did just just because he was kind of before. I don't know if he was before my time of watching, or just around about the time that we started watching. So, not a player that I can really fully remember playing in the elite league. Obviously, played for Coventry in the lockout. Um, would like to have seen Bielak play a little bit more in the elite league, and but would like to have seen him more again. Obviously. Again, tragic loss to the hockey world. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a guy that I would say. But yeah, definitely, if it was Steelers, um, Talbot, anybody else, a guy that I've actually seen that I'd have liked to have seen play. Uh, to be fair, I wouldn't have been ob- in Orange. I wouldn't have objected to seeing somebody like Cam Jansen. Guy that can, I like like to see those hybrid players that can do a bit of both and bring a bit of energy. Um, or another NHL would be. Um, that played that I was shocked when he signed in the Elite League was uh, Ryan O'Mara. So I would also, I'd probably also add him to a list. But, yeah, that's without the obvious Calder or Dan Carlson, to be fair. So throw Dan Carlson on there as well. As you say, that ACDC line was uh, unbeatable. But, yeah, yeah. handful. So, uh, yeah, so, so good discussion there, gents. Uh, last question. Very interesting one in terms of where you go with this. Um, very simple. What's the best goal that you've ever seen it, uh, in the flash? Right. I, two questions, two things in relation to this. A, when we're saying in the flesh, does it count if you watched it on TV? Well, we can control the parameters, so yeah. Okay, so can we break this down into three categories? Because I can give one for all three. I don't know which one to say. Can we break it down to... Because the... I've got a hiccup, sorry. Because the three are so different, if we can think of one, can we go with an NHL goal 
an elite league goal or that kind of standard, and then a rec hockey goal or that kind of standard. Solely because I have three and I can't decide between them and I've got one of each. Always one, isn't there? There is always one, yeah. See, my my problem is, is, is do you go on the skill or the moment? As in what that goal achieved? Bit of both. I mean, I'm happy to go down the line of, of a Rec 1 Elite League and NHL. I have an answer to two of the three. Um, in fact, I could I could pick a third one, but the, the, the third one would be a very joke goal. Um, no, actually, no, it's not even you, uh, Gref. Um, you have to, to be, be fair, you've not exactly got a plethora to choose from when you're thinking of Gref goals, have you? <laughs> I actually think, think one of my goals would have played as a power forward top shelf. Um, so, you know what, let's go, let's do it that way. Let's go uh, Joe's route. Um, Joe, you may start proceedings. What do you want me to start? Are we going to do rec and then go around everybody, then do elite league, then go around everybody, then do NHL? Your call. Yeah, so we'll do like that. We'll we'll go around. We'll break it down. So we'll do one each and then one each and then one each. So I'll start with I'll start with rec or that similar level. Um, and we mentioned this before doing the podcast, and I I have I have to choose this one because I was I played a part in it, but. The goal actually goes down to uh, to Mr. Andy Stafford. Um, Nationals for the Knights were a goal down. Um, we scored with about a minute left on the clock, something like that. We win the face-off. Ball goes down behind the net. I go and pick it up, looked up at the clock and knew there was about 20 oh. seconds left on the clock. We're playing a hull, 20 seconds left on the clock. We were down by a goal with a minute to go. We've equalised. 20 seconds left on the clock and I'm behind the net. The only way that I can feasibly see a goal-scoring chance being picked is to lob the ball over the back of the net because I can see Andy crashing into the front. So I lobbed it over thinking, oh, Andy can like get this and get a decent chance or it might bounce off somebody or something. No, Andy just thinks, screw this. I'm just going to baseball bat it straight into the back of the net. Um under the crossbar, perfectly legal goal. Um, beautiful, great moment. Great to come back from a goal behind. And uh, and credit to Mr. Stafford there. I've got to give that one. Oh, cheers, but I completely forgot about that one, to be honest. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Go on, Andrew. Peace. By proxy, you now have to pick one of mine. Uh, by proxy now. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> It's a all hard for one. A of, all for a bit of credit. <laughs> um, oh, that's such a hard one. There's, there's a lot of goals. Uh, right, that I've seen have been very, very good. Very good indeed. Um, but if it's going to be one that has to make me go, wow, was the all-star goal from last year when uh, Susie Grieve, that goal from her knees... Uh, was incredible. Uh, me and Joe were on the ice then as well. We saw it and just unbelievable goal. I, I don't know how she scored that, and and that's one goal and that just made me think, wow, that that was fantastic. So credit to Susie for that one. See, that's the one I was going to pick as well, but I'll go a different route. It's all stars related, but I'll say your silky pass to Joe. 
to slot and Joe scores and then does the celebration that everyone hates oh, all that's silly with. <laughs> yeah. But we love it. The ice rub. You gotta go the ice rub. <laughs> Mine's gonna be very selfish then in that context. Um because it's one of my own. Uh the first winter classic. Uh managed top of the hash marks going top shelf on uh on Dan Croskill. Now, for those of you who know, I'm a goalie. I have not played forward for seven or eight years for this game. And I somehow managed to get it and go top shelf. It really happens. So I've, I've got, I've got... to make a save, let alone score a goal. Exactly. So, you know, you're going to sell it. You're going to praise it as much as you can do. I'm, let's even talk about shots from you. I'm still... You know what? I, 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 to be fair, if we were going for one that didn't involve... Like any of us in terms of the scoring, I actually one of the ones I have to say was scored against you. Which one was that? Uh, it was a Lance. Was it Lance's or you played Lance's, didn't you? Like the season that you got injured and then you came back. Was it Lance's you played for? Who was it against? I, it was against the Steelers team, and it was Michael Walsh wound up from about the, the halfway. Oh yeah. Blinked, yeah. and the ball was in the back of the net. It was an absolute bullet of a slap. Oh off. yeah, that was uh, yeah. You see it when you throw it out of the net. Like, okay. okay, never mind. <laughs> um, what's next? Elite League or similar Elite, stuff? Elite League. So this isn't Elite League specifically, but it's of that standard. And I, I honestly can't think of a goal that could top this at that kind of standard. It was an Elite League player, which is kind of the way that I'm going with it. And it, it's a little bit cliché. It's got to be Ben O'Connor's goal against um, against Korea, hasn't it? In that penalty shootout, it has to be. They're just just the pulling in front of the goalie through the legs, top shelf, like might drop, skate off, <laughs> simple. Stole that from me. Yeah, that one too. That was definitely mine. But it's, it's, it's just been no other goal that has made me like that. The first one, go wow, and just marvel over it. That's definitely one of those up there. See, I'm going to go. He's not in the Elite League anymore, yeah. but he was at the time. Played for Manchester. No, he played for Nottingham. I'm going to say Robert Farmer's goal against Hungary that led us to the promised land. I think that's probably, even though it was a terrible shot. He just went to get a, a rebound or something. Just the moments after it were just amazing. See, I I go I'm greedy. I got two goals. Um, and November, I'm gonna say 14, 30, 14. We played in five. Gerson scores his goal out of nowhere, and I just recall just uh, literally one of the calls that just you get you off your seat and go, wow, how on earth has that just happened? Um, in like there's about 15 Sheffield fans in 1,805 fans, um, but I go Ben Davies. I go I go Ben Davies. Just the pressure, the constant pressure from the F word, the captain going up, past Deke Hardy off to one. There you go. So yeah. Fair play. So last but not least, NHL. Um, I'm going to be greedy on this. Because I, I I have two. One of them's one of them's a Penguins goal, and one of them is completely unrelated to any of the teams that I even vaguely support. Um, so the first is 
the goal that had me irritating my neighbours at three in the morning when we lived at our old flat, um, it was against Buffalo. And it was, of course, uh, Sidney Crosby's one-handed backhand top-shelf goal against Buffalo, which was just unreal. And I literally sort of got up and started shouting at the top of my voice how unreal the goal was. Um, yeah, I, outstanding. There were no noise complaints, by the way. Although that was just presuming that I annoyed the neighbours, but what a goal that was. Uh, the second, more recent, not Penguins-related, Apologies if anybody was going to say this, but it has to be that Svechnikov Michigan move behind the net, didn't it? Like, the first player in NHL history to do it, lacrosse-style goal, round the back of the net, up on the stick, there we go, top shelf. See you later. Man has to be Ovechkin's... Uh, I can't remember who was against, but Ovechkin's goal when he was... Uh, I think he was either fell or, or got checked. Phoenix at the time. Phoenix, I want yeah. to say Phoenix because Gretzky was the coach. Right. Okay. I, yeah. I, yeah. I want to. I want to say that. Yeah. Ovechkin's goal there when he's just falling to the he's ice. On the back, he's kind of like twirled round. Yeah. 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 He's, he's he's twisted round. He's made contact with his, with his stick. He's, he's just pushed it, and just a, a beautiful goal. And again, one that I I just can't get over. I, I could watch time and time again and just not get bored of it. Just a beautiful goal. So, so my I've I've got two again, um, greedy, but they're from the same game. Um, Islanders v Penguins. Uh, one was a power play goal scored by Malkin, um, and it was just the movement. Literally, there wasn't even any time between passes, all around the zone, bang, 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 score. And you just you're just watching it physically, and I'm like, that is a, a different level of skill set. Um, so then there was a, a power play goal, then a short-handed goal, Josh Bailey. Um, just the speed. For me, it was just the speed of the guy from defence, past two Penguins players, um, Dix Murray. Um, and again, the speed and the skill just, for me, was wow. When you when you, when you you could watch it on the TV, but when you see it, and, and Joe can testify this one, when you see it in the, in the flesh, that's when you go, oh, yes, this, yeah. this is why you watch the game. 100%. 100%. Jeff? See, my one, I mean, it was a very long time ago. I mean, Buffalo were in the playoffs, so that's how long ago it was. A oh, long, long time ago. Hold on, if, hold on before you carry on, because you weren't, you weren't on for this section, and I've just, really, just realised something. The new Cardiff signing was his last game in the NHL, not the last time that Buffalo made the playoffs. It was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Sorry, carry on. I just had to get that in yeah. while you were there. Sorry. It was game five of one of the Stanley Cup playoff games. It was Buffalo against the Rangers. Third period, 1-0 down. Seven seconds left. Chris Drury puts it in the net. After a mad scramble in front, he just puts it through Henrik's five-hole. I think when you mentioned about not getting any noise complaints from it, I think I probably screened the house down as well when he scored that goal. Because if he didn't score that, it, we would have been knocked out of the playoffs. But we went on to actually knock out the rags, which I'm sure Dave is very happy about. 
Just like he's probably happy that the rags are currently was it seven one now? I, I'd hate to be a Rangers fan tonight, mate. Oh, is that what, is that what it is now? Yeah. Ooh. It's not it's not loading. It's not dating them up. You know what? I'm I'm going to be greedy as well since most of you've given two. Uh, well, sorry. Just, I only oh, gave one. That's okay about it. Okay. Yeah, go for, go for the red one. All right. Only because well, he's not been on I'll the full podcast, so he's not allowed I to. I want two, okay? It's, <laughs> it's all about length of time on the podcast it's today. It's all about length. podcasts, yeah. it's always been about the length. Yeah, Greff hasn't, hasn't hit the threshold, whereas you have, Andy, so you're entitled to a second, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's had more problems than me. My, my second one, just because <laughs> of how amazing that whole game was and how close it was throughout and just... just Again, the length of time that it, that it was on for has to be Levi Nelson's goal against Cardiff. Oh, because yes. And the reason why it has to be is because a game that goes into two overtimes at five five, which let's be honest, you don't see anymore at all. A goal that a goal that changed the holiday from being a sun sun holiday to a winter holiday in Denmark. Exactly, it did. Yeah, it just, That's just bad. it did. Just amazing goal in another way because you literally had to have injections. On yeah. It. I was just going to say, from an injured player as well. Yeah, and it's just such an amazing moment for everyone. Just, just incredible, and one one that I, I won't forget at all. So that's my second. And credit to him because he did the thoughtful thing and let everybody go to the bar. Yeah. <sighs> yes. <laughs> I remember walking. Yeah, at I remember... that point, it wasn't even beer. Everybody was wanting. It was just something to cool I... on. Yeah. So I remember so walking around in that interval between the fourth and the fifth period, and then nothing was open. Everyone's like, "If this is a playoff weekend, I don't. It doesn't have to be alcohol. Just diet coke, lemonade, just something." But nothing Water. was open. <laughs> Water, just nothing was open. Yeah. Yeah, that was a cracking goal. That. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic goal. Um. Anybody have anything, any more to add? Or are we good to move on from Ben's questions? Yes, thank you, Ben. Thank you very much, Ben. Any more questions that we've got? Or are we good to move on to the final bit? The ever ever predictable predictions. Oh, yeah, I see that. Um, last week, out of how many fixtures did I say they were, Griff? 11? 12. Oh, it was 11, wasn't it? 11, 12, yeah. yeah. Around that. Out of 11 fixtures... Uh, Andy was on zero because he uh, was caught in the flood. Uh, Dave and I were on four. <laughs> and Greth was on eight. So actually, Greth uh, equaled me and Dave combined. So uh, congrats, Team Greth. Effort. Well done. Um, yeah, let's go for this week. Uh, Saturday the 16th, we'll go Andy, Greth, Dave and me, just as usual. Uh, Sheffield Coventry in Sheffield. Sheffield. I'm going to go Coventry. Ooh. Oh, Sheffield. Sheffield for me as well on that one. Uh, Manchester, Cardiff in Manchester. Shall we all just say Cardiff in harmony and then move on? Yep. <laughs> if if yeah. I say no, yeah, yeah, Cardiff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they'll be back on the bus for the winner's selfie. Delphi. Um Cardiff for me as well. Um Belfast Dundee in Belfast. Again, shall we all just say Belfast in Harmony? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Belfast for everybody. And then I can't even read my own writing. 
Fife and Glasgow. Where? In Fife. Glasgow still. Glasgow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Glasgow. No harmony this time, but we're still going to all say Glasgow because I am too. Um, Glasgow Steelers in Glasgow. 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 Glasgow again for me. Uh, Coventry, Belfast in Coventry. Oh, I'm going to say Coventry. I'm going to say Coventry as well. I'm with your two. I'm going to go Coventry as well. And I'm with your three. I'm going to say Coventry as well. It's bigger than this, isn't it? <laughs> Cardiff, Fife in Cardiff. Yeah. Again, do we all just say Cardiff in harmony? Yeah. 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 <laughs> It's a lot easier this week. Um, Guildford Storm in Guildford. Guildford. I don't like him because this followed my streak, but Guildford. <laughs> a bit sassy that, just for now, Gref. Um, I know, yeah. They're going 100% on the Sunday. All, all, all sass, no teeth. Um, Guildford as well. That's a bumper sticker waiting to happen, that, isn't it? Gref, <laughs> that's your playoff t-shirt sorted, mate. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Guildford for me as well. And then, finally, Challenge Cup game, Wednesday the 20th of November, Coventry, Manchester in Coventry. Coventry. Yes, I forgot to mention it's a free sport game. It is a free sport game. Is that better? (laughs) It is, yeah. and, And the other two picks get announced on that night as well. Yeah. I'm going to go home Manchester. You see, I'm, I'm, I'm going Manchester this one. Oh. It's the type of game that that, that lot would win. No disrespect, Matt. That's fine. I'm going to go Coventry. I'm going to agree with Andy. So, uh, that's, that brings predictions to a close where um, literally all but two, we all agreed. So... I think uh, Gref, if uh, if if Coventry beat the Steelers, then you're you're pretty much winning this week, mate. Um, but yeah, uh, that brings predictions to an end. Uh, feel free to get in touch with us, follow us, retweet, share, whatever. Um, ask us questions on social media. So it's at MFZ Podcast on Twitter, My Fancy Zamboni Podcast on Facebook. Uh, big up to Andy for creating a video last week, despite the fact that we don't have any video, and uh, still did a pretty good video that I put on um, the social media today. Yeah, it was an interesting one. He created a few videos for the ball hockey team, and I said, "Oh, Andy, you need to create us a video." He said, "With what?" I <laughs> um, still managed to do a good job. So cheers, Andy, for that one. Um, but yeah, follow us on on social media. Um, ask us questions. Give us more topics. We we like to hear from you guys. What you want to hear from? Dave's one got his thing, hand up. One thing. We mentioned last week, we'll mention it again. Obviously, us four are doing the All-Stars, and obviously us four are raising money for the BHF, the British Heart Foundation. We need some tasks. We need we need some inputs as to, if we raise so much, what shall we do? So, listeners, give us your ideas. Give us your thoughts. Um, but we'll set the target, and then it's up to you, listeners, to help us raise said target. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. Um, (laughs) 
Does anybody else have anything? To, oh, hold on. Oh, oh, oh. What about a story? <laughs> All right. Chill out. Yeah, you. I was coming back. <laughs> I was actually going to say, does anybody have anything else to add before we go to Stafford Stories? No. All right, fair enough. There's no need to jump the gun, Andrew. Andy, do you, want to, you might as well save for next week. So on that note, <laughs> does anybody have anything else to talk about before we go to Stafford Stories? Can't wait for Stafford Stories. Okay, fair enough. Well, that's it. Thank you very much for another episode of My Fans. No. <laughs> Andy, um, Andy, it's over to you for, uh, for a Stafford Story, mate. I hear you've got some breaking news for us. Yep, I've got no story today, unfortunately, but I have got something that is of interest to anyone, well, anyone in, in the Sheffield region. Um, if anyone's been down to our Sheffield recently, you may have uh, seen there has been a bit of a revamp. Uh, the outside glass has been replaced, so it's all now clear. And they've added a new logo at Centre Ice. Uh, and I found this out yesterday at, at our training session. Uh, took a bit surprise, to be honest with you. So I asked some of the guys what it was for. And apparently, uh, there is going to be a Netflix series and it's going to be filmed at Ice Sheffield. And I can only assume with it being a centre logo at Ice, it's going to be an ice hockey related sort of thing. Uh, I was a bit disappointed at first because the centre logo in question is a massive H. I was thinking it's going to be like another Goon film or something, because if it is, it'd be amazing. Could it be figure skating? I, I, I don't know, because it, it, it looks like a sports logo, the H. It's, like, it, it's literally just like the Halifax... Hollander's logo. So, so, it, I could be, so it could be fig- it could be figure skating. Could be, bit, bit of dancing. Bit of dancing. It could be, but with it being a sports logo, I could only assume it's going to be, oh. you know, a, a, a sports team. Oh. That sort of thing. Ice so, version of five, six, seven, eight. A giant H in the middle of the ice. Have they done anything with the steps? Um, they're going to, but apparently uh, they was occupied doing some sort of dance. Dance show or something. So. They were the rodeo. When they come back, they, they will sort of steps out, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I've, there's not a lot of info at the minute, but hopefully uh, uh, I will have more more to share once once I find out more. But yeah, it's very good, very good for showcasing uh, whether it be figure skating or ice hockey. It'd be fantastic. So that will be on Netflix at some point, and I will do some delving. Well. When it does come on Netflix, I just hope to God it's not a tragedy. Oh, you beat me to yes. it! <laughs> <laughs> Had that lined up. <laughs> no, uh, thank you very much for that, Andy. Um, yes, it is, And yes. We, we eagerly await another week of Stafford Stories at your start. Our highlight of, of every podcast, mate. So we're, we eagerly await the next Stafford Stories. Um, absolutely. By the way, Driving to the Grand Canyon, listening to the podcast. I actually have a video of us driving. You can see the lake next to Hoover Dam in the video. And all you can hear in the background is Andy in the podcast. And I have to say, I was howling listening to you talking about Nikolai Lemtigo standing naked on his balcony. So uh, job well done there, mate. Um, and yeah, I, have to, I have to say very, very eagerly awaited next week's uh, Stafford Stories Um we're going to get you a little theme tune for this, I think, guys. What do you reckon when he's getting a theme tune? Yeah. Yeah. So, on that note, I think it's about time to draw an end. So, I have to raise attention to one last question that was asked on Facebook, which I think we've, we've well and truly gone against. Uh, was was, uh, <laughs> was uh, My wife 
actually commenting saying, can you finish earlier as Indy, our dog, wants to sleep? Uh, I think we're actually pushing probably the longest episode. No, No, she should know by now. (laughs) If she doesn't know by now, why did she say yes? Why did she say I do? It's her fault. Sorry, Jess. You've only got yourself to blame for this one, love. To be fair, it's about the first time that Indy hasn't tried to make an appearance on the podcast because usually he's either barking or sat on my knee. So, um, in fairness, I think we'd rather have him because he doesn't squeak as much. That oh, yeah, true. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, but yeah, anyway. Um, on that note, <laughs> uh, we bring episode fifty to an end. Um, thank you very much to everybody listening. Big thank you to everybody that's listened all the way through. Um, as I say, it doesn't feel like two minutes since we started doing this, so a big thank you from all of us. Uh, please carry on. Please let us know if there's anything else you want us to do differently, any other suggestions. Um, and, yeah, gents. Andy, thank you very much, sir. Pleasure as always. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Graf. Thanks, everyone listening. If I could make it this far as well. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this is a long one. Um, Graf. Thank you very much for joining us and then joining us. Thank you very much for staying on whilst I was having issues. No, no problem, mate. And uh... <laughs> what type of issues? <laughs> the same issues you normally have every week, Hander. What difficulties? Difficulties. I just feel yeah. like I just feel like quoting Michael Caine at this point from Austin Powers. Have you got an issue? Here's a tissue. Um, Dave, thank you very much, sir. Um, it's been emotional. It's been something, my friend. Yes, um, but thank you. Um, I, if I had a glass, I'd raise it to 50 podcasts, and here's to another 50. Thanks to Graf and Andy um, for tonight and the previous. 40 odd however just give a tip the ones missed through the injured reserve um and to every single person that listened over the last 50 podcasts um you probably are the real mvps you listen to our rubbish and you come back week after week we must be saying something good or funny or maybe it's maybe it's stafford maybe it's just stafford's got got the appeal I'm that I just you, stafford stories that's what maybe, maybe that's it you know, we, we've got the content. Staff has got the stories. He's bringing the punters in. Honestly. So, so guys, guys listening in, thank you very much. Um, it makes being up till quarter three uh, most weeks. Makes it worthwhile. Yeah, it does. Uh, I, I can't be a minute. It's fine. Our employment may not when we're like falling asleep at his desks the day after, hours later. But uh, nah, it's, it's it's always good fun. It's it's good laugh chewing the fat over hockey. Um with with good people um so yeah thank you very much yeah and again from me thank you to everybody listening um and to everybody who has listened to all 50 if you really have listened to all 50 then definitely are the real mvp um i think we're actually nearly pushing three hours on this one gent so apologies if uh, if this episode was a bit longer um episode 50 is always going to be a good length it's yeah, always, it's always had to be hopefully it wasn't unbearably long but um yeah, thank you very much for everybody listening. And uh, yeah, we'll see you for episode 51 of My Fancy Zamboni. Cheers. Uh, Jonas gone. <laughs>